Hey guys, brand new podcast. And the Birdie Boy Relapse Tour starts back up Feb- February 17th in Huntsville, Alabama. Bamia? Help Huntsville, Alabama. Huntsville, Asheville on the 18th. Roanoke, Virginia on the 19th. Richmond, Virginia on the 20th. Norfolk, Virginia on the 24th. Columbia, South Carolina on the 25th at the Township Auditorium. Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Macon, Pensacola, 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 Birmingham, Memphis, Memphis, Evansville, Durham, Greensboro, Durham, Durham, Fayetteville, Knoxville, Knoxville, Newark, Worcestershire, Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, Go to BurtBurtBurt.com to get tickets. This week on the BurtCast, a guy who subbed in for me when I was in Serbia to do Two Bears, One Cave. And fucking killed it. If you have not watched that episode, it's really fucking great. Um, I've heard about Brian. That's the first time I ever heard about Brian was when he came in and did Two Bears with Tom. And he fucking had me rolling laughing. And we texted back and forth a few times. I was like, I got to get him on the broadcast. I got him on him. Man, this guy is fucking fascinating. It's, it's Brian Simpson. Have I already told you who it is? Mm-hmm. It's Brian Simpson. You know who the fuck it is. Um, it is a great podcast. We get pretty fucking drunk. Um, we talk about sleep apnea. We talk about his story. His story is fascinating. And and hopefully, if you don't know, I just want you to know that it it's it's a, it's it's Leanne calls it the Oprah gene. But he's a guy that has fucking he's a really fascinating guy from foster care to the military to homeless to stand up to now uh, a thirty minute special on Netflix the stand ups and it's and he is. He kills it. He kills it. It is. He's the first one of the of the series. So make sure to check it out. He is an absolutely hilarious comedian. But what you'll find in this podcast is he's a very very insightful dude. His words that he chooses to speak with are poetic at times, it masterful at times, and absolutely brilliant. He is a very smart minded comedian who who is is going to be absolutely tremendously huge i think one day um i i i i'm very lucky to have him on the podcast and for him to share his story with us like i said we do get pretty hammered so uh and both of us have sleep apnea so if you hear us breathing on the podcast it's my bad uh ladies and gentlemen without further ado uh stand-up comedian with a half hour special on netflix the stand-ups Brian Simpson. This is I'll say it again. Congratulations on a fantastic special on Netflix. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's got to feel good. Yeah, man. It feels it's re- it's like a relief. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, you know how it is. Like in the beginning, there's. Being a comic is hard. It's a hard. It's a it, because there's no guarantees, you know. It's not. And so you, when you finally get that situation of like, oh, for relief, like now I don't have. Now this is like officially my job forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. It's, I, it's funny. I haven't thought about that way. Yeah. Because yeah. I, well, I think I, I backdoored it a little bit. How so? In that I got I I did other jobs, meaning like did Travel Channel, did um. Did uh, d- development deals? Did hosting gigs? Did pilots? I did. I did maybe. I couldn't even tell you. Maybe like fifty pilots. Oh wow! Like, but I. But it's just a ton of like. There was bullshit pilots. I'm mean, not bullshit. People are listening, but 
you get like 10 grand 15 grand for a pilot and right. then so i was able to pay the bills but you're right when you say that stand-up wise i hadn't thought about that yeah. but you got a good special it's, and then it, all of a sudden it's like oh i can do this for a living now. oh right like all of a sudden it's like i can say no to all that other shit if i want you know oh, oh. well what um did you like what was your preparation for that for that special because i'm curious i get i never my first special i did i had no anxiety about but i realized i didn't work that hard mm. they just was like oh yeah this is my hour i'll just do my hour no you know i because because everyone that did those it has a unique experience because of the pandemic right because there was this small window because we found out in i want to say june that we was on filming in August. Oh. Because they wanted to have them out by October at first. So that because it because I think Netflix's thinking was that, okay, here's this window where everyone's relaxing restrictions and blah, blah, blah. But that could close up at any moment. So let's so, so we it. gotta do it, you know? And so we had like two months, maybe a little longer, to 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 get it. And then that that combined with just being on the road, like not knowing who is gonna who's full capacity, who's not. Who's gonna let you come through and just run a half hour at their club? You know what I mean? The, all yeah. those, all those little things. So, in me, man, I get, uh, I get obsessive about it. You know, like I get, I get crazy. I have a, I have a whole blackboard, and I, you know, and I'm time, I'm timing things out mm -hmm. and taking out. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was real stressful for me, like exhausting. It's, uh, I don't know the right way to say this, but then, I, but. Are you ever astounded that there are people that don't? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm envious. In 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 the truth, I'm is, envious of like those guys that go. I, I did it. I did the set. Of, I did the set like four or five times. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Usually, <laughs> it, it's, it's like remember. I don't know if you. I don't know how much you are in the hip hop, but like very maybe like 15 years ago, it came out that like Jay Z doesn't didn't write. write a, didn't write down any of his fucking and, lyrics. And and so I'm I'm only saying that because it's like. Uh, and then and then it became a thing to brag about that you don't write but it's like a lot of y'all need to do it you know what i mean it's, it's, it's like i'm 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 astounded at the people that don't do it and don't need to yeah whereas like but, but a lot of people need to do it. it's nothing to brag about but not but by not writing or not doing all the little all the all stage things to make your shit better i think i think it like if you hey cheers man cheers Thanks for doing this. And thanks for co-hosting Two Bears. Oh, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was fun. One of the fucking hardest I've laughed in <laughs> the longest time. That's funny that I co-hosted that before I ever met you in person. It was funny. I said I said to Tom, I said, I texted you, or I DM'd you. I was like, hey, man, great job on Two Bears. It was really awesome. And you were like, and you just wrote, thanks. And I went, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, that's Brian for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I hate social media so much. Like, I yeah. try to respond to everyone, but I never know what to say. Yeah, I, I, I usually overshare. Like, I, uh, I remember the first fan letter I ever got was from a girl whose brother was on last time I was standing. Her brother had been in a car accident, and uh, I don't know. She said, you know, my brother's had his got his face all cut up in the car and he's been in the hospital and it's been tough for our family but we watched you on last comic standing i just wanted to say you know thank you for cheering us up i don't know what my reply was but her next email was please uh don't reply to me anymore please leave my number <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what i did i was like i'm sure i just over like i'd never replied to anyone so i just was like 
hey thank you so much tell me about the car accident you know like i'm just <laughs> what was he sitting up front did he have a seatbelt on like it was just like very like intimate stuff that you probably shouldn't ask someone right. and so um but yeah I, I i uh yeah you were great on two bears you were great on two bears i love when you i love when you see stuff you see stuff just i don't i mean just rising you know like yeah. you, so like every, you can see it with like a uh, my example is Nicki minaj right so okay. Nicki minaj um i don't think i've ever been compared to Nicki minaj well at one point maybe it wasn't Nicki. oh you know it's, what's it's not it's cardi b cardi b okay so cardi b one day i said to my daughter i said i hear the name cardi b a lot and i, I don't have not listened to anything she's done but i hear the name cardi b a lot i said i'm gonna see if i can go i'm gonna because because that's how kind of success and fame works is you start getting on things and people start seeing you every now and then. And then one day they go, all right, who is this person? Right. And then they ch check you out and they're like, oh, he's good. It's like to be a great comic back in the day, you needed one thing to pop you. Right. And then you needed to have a body of work. So you needed one event to springboard you. Uh, and by the way, everyone can deny that this is how they see it or this is how they felt that happened for them. But I'll walk you through it for like for Jim Jeffries. He got punched in the head at the comedy store. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got attacked on stage. He got punched in the head. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, who's this comic Jim Jeffries when MySpace was big? And then you saw his act, and you were like, this guy's fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. Uh, for Bill Burr, it was that Philly rant, right? Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yep. For Joe Rogan, it was the Carlos Mencia thing. Right. Like, for everyone has that one pop. For me, it was the machine story. You have that one pop that gets you up. Na for nowadays, it's more, you need, like, 20 big pops but you start popping and popping right. and i said to my daughter one day we were pulling out and i was taking her to school and i said i hear the name cardi b all the time and she said oh she's and i said don't tell me anything about her i want to see how long i can go without knowing who she is and it was a month maybe maybe a little long maybe like three months later i'm in the car singing a song and georgia smiles and goes that's cardi b and mm. I went, motherfucker are you serious yeah man. but but it's great when you see good talent popping up everywhere you know two bears one cave rogan uh fucking sick like everything it, it's great you, you know what it is man it's like back back in the day if if you did if you got that pop everybody saw it because there wasn't that much to to see so but now there's really no such thing as going viral anymore there's stuff that goes viral that i've never seen you know because there's so much content and so many ways to see everything that you kind of almost have to have like four or five pops yeah. for everybody to even see you one time. But you have a, you have a, I'm saying this is a compliment to me. God knows I fucking <laughs> can't fucking, but you, you, the fact that you, I, you told me you have, you get obsessive over the special means that you have a comics brain. Like that you're yeah. like, that. that's the way I am about a special. I think that's the way all the good people are about specials. Yeah. I mean, the, the, all the specials I like, like, they seem like they've worked on them. Right. I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but you ever see a special that it looks like the person hasn't worked on at all? Oh, yeah. And you're like, I just saw one recently. I won't say it, but I saw one recently. I was like, I was like, how many times did you run this? Set? <laughs> I'm, doing right. it, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. Like, I'm sitting in that room when you're coming over. I don't even have a spot tonight. And I'm going through my set list, and I'm just trying to skinny shit up. Because I have, I have two hours right now, two hours oh, of material. Wow. I'm trying to skinny it into one hour. And what I want to do is I want to take all the fucking fat out, all the, f and, and you just, and so my, my thing was I'd watch videos 
And I watched and I just pull things out that I was like, I don't fucking don't stop talking. You don't need that. You don't need that. My wife's a cunt and she can do it really well. <laughs> no, you that, like I, that's part. Like you know what I do is I um is I I record once I get it down like exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. I record it and then um and then I listen to it. And the first thing I do is take out all the pet words. Like, like I time it to see how much, like I time each joke and then I time how much is filler. Like how much is ums and uhs and you know what I mean? And I, and I see how much time it is. And if I can take that out, that's, that's a lot of it. That's yeah. like, right. And then I go through and I time how much of the things that like are unnecessary for me to say for the, for the punch. And I try to take that. So, I, so I, so I always know potentially how short the joke can be yeah you know but it never works out perfectly but it never works out perfectly but but what i'm, I'm assuming they didn't let you in there to edit it yourself they did no it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what they did give me a surprising amount of input though yeah that i, I didn't think uh i didn't think i would get you looked great you looked great i was that's another thing i always pay I, it stinks now because i just wear jeans and shoes <laughs> oh yeah well, well shout out to tom tom and christina they bought that outfit for me really yeah, I don't know if they they probably don't want me to say. But, no, they do. But they no man. It, it, they they these motherfuckers are always making me cry, man. They like they they went, you know, they went out of their way to help me when nobody was fucking with me, and just every step of the way, just always doing something that I can't repay. And so they were the first people I called when I got the news. Yeah, and and Tom was like, I got something for you. You'll get a phone call in like twenty minutes or whatever. And it was like their stylist, and he was like, It's all on them. Pick out whatever you want. This motherfucker showed up at my house with like a like a like a Macy's rack of shit. Yeah. Yeah, like 15 pairs of shoes, 50 shirts, 50 pairs of pants, and just let me pick stuff. I mean stuff I can't afford. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was so yeah, that shout out to them. Thank you. Everyone to everyone has a whenever your name comes up, everyone always says, Oh, he's got an amazing story. He's had a rough life. He's had an interesting yeah. experience. You were in I'll let I want to hear you. I, mean, I don't want you to have to overtell something you feel like you've told a million times, but I, I've, I've kind of kept myself from hearing it so I can hear it from you. Oh, well, yeah, I mean. Because Steve Fury absolutely loves you. We're driving down the street the other day, and he, uh, we're driving down the street the other day, and he goes, uh, I used to take, I used to have to drive Brian down here. He lived at like a, like a halfway house or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was on Sunset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, f- shout out to Fury, too. That's, that's the homie. Um. No, my, my, you know what it is, is I do, I do get tired of telling the story, but not, but, but only, it depends on who is, who's asking. Cause some people want to know your story because they, you know, they have nefarious motives. Like people that generally are like interested, like, where are you from? Like, what did you go through? Yeah. I don't mind telling the story, yeah. but it's, but some people are like, Ooh, trauma. Like give me, you know, there's like trauma porn for them, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah. I feel like. And it's funny. There's a couple people I've talked to who hide their stories. Yeah, you know, like the people have had it too easy. Well, maybe I overshare my story because you know I just don't want it to become all all there. Because the truth is, I'm I don't identify as. Um, you know, I don't think of my story as like as who I am. If that makes any sense. It's so funny. I think of my story as who I am. It's well, you know. <laughs> so, but no, but but like I don't think of. Let me rephrase that. Cause I grew up, I grew up fairly privileged, meaning, uh, like, I mean, tough times, obviously, but not, but never really tough times. I mean, tough right. times, but in a house uh, with my family, never beaten, never molested, never, uh, n- never, 
I mean, did drugs when you're supposed to do drugs? Never no, beaten? No, I mean, hit like spanked. Oh, and stuff, okay, all right. But never like, like never, never over the line. But I do. I I don't. But I'm not the guy who's walking around going, uh, "Oh, uh, I, I I'm better than these people." You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have those friends that are like that that had that upbringing, and their story did define them. And then they're kind of hard to be around. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm, 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 and I'm always grateful that I'm not that. Yeah, know? regardless of what the stuff I've been through, it was like I'm, I'm so grateful that I don't have that. Because a lot of times it's just oblivious. It's like they, they just don't know because they weren't exposed. They have no idea how good you know how good they had it. Yeah, but my story, my story, it, it is. Where did you grow up? I grew up in, uh, in uh, PG County, Maryland. So right oh, outside really? of DC. Okay. Well, I was born in DC and I lived there for like. The first six or seven years, and then I'm, um, then I ended up in foster care in Maryland. How old? I was six or seven. Yeah. All right, okay, let me let me just stop you. And this is the best part about the podcast is yo, I don't I don't mind telling my story. I'm, people are listening like, oh, Burst not going to let you tell your story. He's going to talk over you the entire time. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's. Funny. I had a hard time with first grade. Yeah. I think I'd have a hard time with foster Man, care. Man, that shit's a blur to me. Really? Because it was it was it wasn't very long that I the school was not even something that mattered to me at all. Really? Like I, well, yeah, because I would just I would, you know, I'd be at a school and then you know I make a couple friends. I'd be down at the curriculum and then I'm in another fucking place. You know what I mean? With a different curriculum, different people. It's like it's just like your your shit starting over, 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 and over and over. You know? Did you feel like Did you feel like the people that were dealing with you were looking at you as a person? Like a child or as a number? Well, the thing is, it's it's always both. The, looking back on it, I didn't know, I I didn't realize it at the time, but like your foster parents usually they're looking at you as like a child, you know, a difficult child. Like so, like they're trying to you're like a puzzle to them. Like they're trying to figure out how to get you as close to normal as possible. But there's always some mean counter at the government building that doesn't see you at all. And they, you're just a number on their spreadsheet or just an incident report or something like that. So they're the ones making the decision of, oh, he, he needs to go to a category B home or whatever the fuck, you know? Now, were you, were you I, I would assume, I don't know if I, I don't know what, I don't know how I'd receive foster parents. Like, do you go in and you got, you got to be weary, wary of them, right? Or do you just go, can you, do you learn how to read people better at a young age? Um... I think so. I think eventually, but I mean, it took a while for my knowledge to catch up with my intelligence. If that makes any sense, it doesn't say it again. Don't say it again, but explain it to me. <laughs> like, um, like you know, you ever know somebody that's very, very smart, but they use like people might describe you this way. Where it's like up here, you have a supercomputer, but instead of like calculating, um, you know, the square root of the distance from the sun, you're like. Figuring out how to like chug eight more beer, like you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like yeah, you're yeah. using your supercomputer for yeah. more. So it's almost like that's like I was always a very smart child, but I didn't know shit. Yeah. And so the more, I, the longer I was in it, the more I learned, how, you know, how to take advantage of the things I was learning. So yeah, I was very, I was very good at at uh, being liked by the foster parents. By really? Being, oh yeah. Even to this day, it's still a skill. It's like every time. A friend or somebody I'm dating. Every time I meet their parents or whatever, they always love me. I got them eating out of the palm of my hand. Parents, really? parents love me, dude. Because really? you got you had so many. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, like the older, oh, that's a great joke. the old, the older the better. Like if I meet when I meet old people, they always all about it. Have you ever told them that's a great joke? I'm, no. <laughs> my girlfriend said she wanted to spit parents. Are you cool with that? And I'm go, like, I've had nine parents. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I was born for this bed. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. Watch this. All of a sudden, I'm sleeping in her bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, I'm the dude that like when you when you break up with me, your mom's like, "What happened to Brian?" <laughs> I'm that guy. So, uh, so did how, like what was the? How many foster parents did you have? Just like one? Um, no, 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 no. I had. Let me see. There was. Uh, Do you remember them? Was, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, I remember the, for the most part. Not some people I didn't spend that much time with, but um. But I had, let me see. So all together, I had seven. And some of them I lived with twice. So Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and, and that was that doesn't even include the family. Like, I also moved around within my family like four or five times. Oh, within your, your, your blood family? Yeah. And so what, what, what I mean... What happened to your parents? My um, well, long story short, my mom—I was originally living with my mom's mom, uh-huh. and my mom had left because my mom, her mom, was always like dating these abusive women. I mean, these abusive men, men yeah. you know. And so she got to the point where like she just couldn't deal with it, you know, and she couldn't afford to take us because she was a teenager. Oh, so there was more than just you, right? It was me and my older brother. And and my, and my mom had got she had um she had burned she burned my grandma's uh one of her boyfriends with an iron, Damn. you know I think and I think that was the last straw you know what I mean yeah. and, and she, so she left us there and in the in the, I I imagine her plan was always to come back and get us but her um but in the in the middle of that we were latchkey kids. And we got caught like at home by ourselves. Somebody kept calling the cops. Some fucking hater. I still ain't figured out who it is. One of those neighbors, nosy ass neighbors. And <clears throat> they end up taking us out of the home, and and um, and they end up putting us with a with our aunt who couldn't afford us because she already had two kids. And so we ended up in foster care. Shit, man. Yeah. Shit. Well, it's, you know, it's, it it stinks that stuff like that happens, but then you always think like. I couldn't do that, right? I couldn't handle that. Right. And then I, I bet you probably said the same thing. I, I, I like imagine like Not you like for me it was it was natural because because think about it like this as a kid because it it didn't start it didn't fuck me up till later because as a kid you like you every kid is thought man I wonder what what it would be like to just live have another family yeah you know so the, the, the first couple was just like an adventure it was like oh yeah this is what it's like over here on this side and they pretty much all the same were they always black. Yeah, always black. Really? They were always black. In fact, I think maybe around like the seventh or eighth time, I remember my, my uh, one of my social workers. So the state gives you like a social worker and they come, they supposed to come see you once a month, but they so overworked. You, you see them like every six months or something. Yeah. And I remember this, mine were always so frustrated with me because like I said, I was a smart kid, but I didn't, I didn't give a fuck, you know, and they, so he's sitting there one time begging me, like, what do I need to do different? I was like, put me one of these Jewish families over here. Put me one of these white families over here. And and he and without saying it directly, he was just like, We don't, we don't do that. Like that's just not gonna happen. You know? God. Yeah, so it 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 didn't happen that I think it's their policy. Like they won't put you 
they try to keep you with as close to like your family or your race yeah. as possible. I'm sure they do mix races. I'd be some fucked kids. up to watch a Jewish person try to comb a black kid's hair. Oh yeah, well they probably the closest to being able. <laughs> the styles. I mean, I never seen a Jewish. Were guy. you funny? Were you funny? No, I was very serious. I was a very serious child. You, it's funny because your stand-up's very serious. Right, right. And your stand-up's pretty like, <laughs> like even when you tell a story, there is a there is an edge to you. Like you have a you have a, like a like a Tom or Bill. Like you you yeah. like I, I think I have a silly goofiness about me. My comedy all comes from things that irritate me. Yeah. So because I learned that I was funny when I was complaining. You know, that's how I learned to be funny. Like fast forward all the way to the future. I'm in the Marine Corps and I learned to be funny. Be I learned that I was funny because so so I mean, this is a story I've told a billion times. Please. But I've I've I was the only black person in my platoon when I first arrived. And the reason that was is because the CO had been accused of being racist and they took the black people out of this platoon. And I was the first one back in like, I don't know, a year or something. Really? Yeah, I was like the canary in the coal mine uh, of racism. It, it just, and, it's, and so the, uh, so uh, so no one told me this, by the way. So I'm, I'm in here just cruising, just unbeknownst to me. Everyone's walking on eggshells or like, you know, you can tell when people are like, hush, 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 when you walk in the room, yeah. you know? And finally, my my uh my warrant officer tells me like what the deal was and why everybody was acting so funny, you know. And so then I just told everybody, hey man, just say whatever you want. And uh, but I get to say whatever I want back, you know. So if you're afraid of offending me or whatever, don't don't be afraid. But I'm smarter than you. I'm gonna win the battle of words, you know. And that's but that turned into me saying whatever I wanted all the time when other when everybody else couldn't. Yeah. And yeah, and so when shit would piss me off, which is a lot, you know, if you low ranked in the military, you're gonna be fresh, you're gonna be angry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would just say, "This is bullshit," and blah 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 blah. And 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 you know, the closer you were to the truth, the more accurate. Yeah. People would start laughing, and I slowly figured that out. Like, oh, when I'm when I'm angry, it's funny, because <laughs> I wasn't trying to be funny. You yeah. know, you know how it is. Yeah. You, just, yeah. you get to point shit out, and everybody's You're funniest laughing. when I always feel the id of every comic, the funniest they ever were. Was when they were definitely not trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. My daughters, my daughters are fucking piss your pants, hilarious human beings. Like they are funny as fuck when they're not trying to be funny. Right. When they once they try to be funny, I I get grossed out. Comics don't like that. Uh -uh. You you know you you're in a circle of comics and then somebody tries to be funny and everybody goes, who the fuck let this dude back here? You know what I mean? When you're your funniest, is you're just being yourself. Right. Right. Comics don't like it. They don't like when you try to when you try to. I don't know, do comedy <laughs> off stage. Like, yeah, when you're off stage and you see someone yeah. like, like, I don't mind someone going, hey, man, do you think this is funny? Oh, like, yeah, I don't ask, mind. ask permission, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know anyone that does something like this? I got this new bit. Tell me, like, I like. I really wish, I, I want Sebastian to fucking help me figure out this fucking bit so bad. Why won't he? No, I just don't. I don't see him ever. Call him. Uh, no, I, I need his body. <laughs> Sebastian's so good with physicality. He can make something so funny oh, yeah. the way he does it that I just I don't and I'm not I'm not that way and it's so funny it's who I was when I started. Now you know who else is like that? Who? Red Grant. 
You know Red? I know Red very well. Doug, Red. You mean the future mayor of D.C.? The future mayor of D.C., Red Grant. Man, go vote for my boy out there, man. God, yeah, he's the best. Red, but his physical comedy is You're right. un You're right. top notch, man. Yeah, if anybody can help you with that, if, if he can for sure. I I, I love Red 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 and Donnell uh introduced me to black people. Really? Meaning they taught me everything I currently know about black people. Everything. Wow. I, I mean, and I and I what I assumed I knew what I knew, right? Like yeah. I, I thought I knew That's how most white people are. Yeah. And they were just like, the first person, it happened, uh, Lunell okay. uh, didn't like me. But she liked me. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. You felt like she didn't like you. Bam. Yeah. And, and if, you ain't, if you've never been around black people, you can't be around a, somebody like Lunell and be comfortable. Because it, it seemed like they don't like you. but they And they're actually not even thinking about you at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just ain't used to that. You do that, you're not used to being around like a fiery black woman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my feelings were getting hurt. And uh, they were like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, what? And they're like, so they went to Lunell. And they're like, hey, man, he's our friend, but he's white. Can you just explain to him that, you just, that you're not mad at him, that you're just talking to him? Right. So she came over and she, was, and she said it in the, in the most aggressive way. <laughs> and I was like, I think she's even more mad now. <laughs> what would she say? Uh like stop being a little bitch yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, and, funny. and then and then and then i ended up i ended up spending a lot of time with uh donnell and, and red red took me uh, first time out like and it got to a place like a learning curve where we ended up in uh jack in the box in compton and um i don't i don't know if anyone's ever ordered at a jack in the box in compton but if it's like five o'clock and it's packed it can be fucking chaotic yeah, and we were in there, and I was comfortable. Like I was comfortable. I understood. Not everyone was fighting with each other. They were just talking. Oh, yeah. And Red was like, Red, and I was, and I just said, yeah, yeah. It's it can be, it can, but it's interest. It's so fascinating to me. My 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 tour manager Ron, right? This morning, uh, he's a black dude, grew up in Compton. Um, my tour tour bus driver is one of my one of my closest friends. Today I went through his Instagram uh, live videos and I watched him and his sisters uh, have wine one night and listen to music. And in our house, what, what you'd say they were doing was having a fucking blowout. But they were laughing and they were calling each other pieces of shit and they were like, Prince is better than Michael Jackson. And they're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, and then they're like... And, and but it's like you're watching them interact, and I and I'm I'm literally laying in my bed smiling, going like, "This is like fly on the wall shit," but you don't get to see like I don't oh, think yeah. a lot of white people interact in that way with with black people. It's but it's it's you know what's so funny too is I've been in all those different situations, and it's like you're safer. It's like I, I think you you be way more comfortable in in a bl- all black environment than the average black person would be in just an all white environment. I agree. I agree you know, because like, like like you like me cuz I've been that I've been that only black person at the fu- at the white function. You know, and vice versa and it's always like I don't even know how to explain it. It's always it's always this feeling of like it, who who doesn't want me here? You know, who's mad that I'm here? Chris Rock Chris Rock one time said there's, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm 
destroying his original statement. But he was talking about racism in, in the workplace. He's like, it's not so much that it's racism, it's that there's a shorthand that white people have that I don't have. He's like, so when, and the comfortability. He's like, right. so when Adam Sandler sits down with Lauren Michaels, his whole life, he's sat with older white men. His whole life, my whole life has been around older white men. Right. When I go to any meeting in Hollywood, not any, but majority, I say 98% of the meetings I'm going to take in Hollywood, yeah. they're guys that look like me, grew up like me. We did the same things. I had a meeting the other day with a guy who, was a, who got recruited to play baseball at Duke as a catcher. I said, I got recruited <laughs> to play baseball at Duke as a catcher. And he's like, and, I mean, we, and then I literally said to the guy, we should be best friends. Cause, and, and but our, your life experiences are so identical. Right. That, that when you go to go back to them putting you in foster care in a Jewish family, I bet that would have been fucking such an uphill struggle. Uh, it would have been, it would, oh, who knows? You know, I think I would have adapted. You would have adapted. I, I, but you're right. I think when, when, you're a white guy in a in an all black room. It, it I think you can. Yeah, I, a, I don't. Know. It's a skill. Be, 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 being a black entertainer, or just being just being in any situation, in black, it's like me, me, making. It's it's about hitting that perfect point where you are still being authentic, but you also know how to make how to put the older white man in the corner at ease. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Like that's a skill because no matter what it is, even when I'm in a situation like where I'm in a meeting and they'll send like, it'll be like the actual, like a minority that I'm talking to, but there's still like off camera, there's a older white guy that's decided. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, even that situation is like, you have to be able to, to be, to make everyone comfortable because they assume, because they don't know no black people, they assume it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. when you was on your way in that Jack in the box, you didn't know you was going to be comfortable in it. And it's, that's how all the older white people think. It's like they go, "Oh yeah, I've heard about this guy." Okay, okay, well, okay. And it's like it's my job is to prove that I'm not what they assume I am. You know, and you yeah. that's the obstacle that you don't have. It's like they assume who you are, but it's all positive stuff just before they ever talk to you. Yeah. But me, they're assuming negative things that I have to first disprove before we even get to having the real conversation. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us talk about our Helix mattress. Uh, it's the one in our guest bedroom that is our best sleeping bedroom. It's the one everyone goes to to take a great nap. Well, guess what? Helix is now in the furniture game. That's right. They make the best goddamn sofas you've ever had. It's called They're called All Form, and they are awesome. We've got, I think we've got the sofa, and we got two chairs. I'm telling you, for starters, it's the easiest way to customize your a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric and it's spill, spill, stain, and scratch resistant. The sofa color, the sofa legs, the sofa size, and you can make sure it's perfect for you and your home. And they've got armchairs and love seats. We've got the sofa and the armchairs. I think we almost, we might have a love seat too. I'm telling you, fucking so comfortable. They murder it in the mattress game and they take that same spirit right into the sofa game. I'm telling you, and they start small. You can buy more seats for later on. If you want your all-form sofa to grow and change when you move, all-form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. Right now, if you buy a sofa from a traditional retailer, it will take forever. I'm telling you, months to arrive. And you'd need someone to come assemble it at your home. All-form takes a few weeks to arrive in the mail. 
and you can assemble it yourself in minutes, no tool, tool, tools needed. We love these sofas and these armchairs. They are phenomenal. Uh-oh, here comes Big Mac. All Form wants to do their part and offer exclusive discounts for teachers, military. They also offer financing and flexible payments. For, so an amazing sofa is never far away. They even offer a forever warranty, literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, go to allform.com slash BERT. That is allform.com slash BERT. And Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash BERT. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp wants to tackle some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, many may think that therapy is for other people, but utilizing therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn to understand them, not avoid them. We've been taught that taking care of our mental health shouldn't be a part of everyday life, but that's a common misconception. We take care of our body by exercising. We go to the doctors, we go to the dentist, we eat well. Focusing on and investing in health of the mind is just as important. Some of you may think that you shouldn't wait until things are unbearable. <laughs> Mac, do you, this dog needs therapy, I'll tell you. Sometimes people think that you shouldn't wait until things are unbearable to try therapy. That isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before you, things get bad, and it can help you avoid those lows. BetterHelp is customized online th therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You get on the treadmill like I do and, and walk and get two, kill two birds with one stone is what I call it. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And BertCast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Bert. That's BetterHelp.com slash Bert. I'll tell you what. No, I'm not. By the way, I'm never going to try to equivalent my experience in Hollywood with being black in Hollywood. But, <laughs> I, will, but I will tell you, I for the first time ever in my life, I experienced... Um, what people perceive of you before you even get there mm. like i never experienced that because you know i've never everything i've ever done i just show up and what was it i was i did the movie and uh everyone everyone had heard about me and you google me and you see the things that i've said and the things that i've done and i'm shirtless and most of them and i'm drinking kool-aid or i'm drinking alcohol or i'm smoking weed and and someone had assumed a couple people assumed that I was da I was dangerous. I was unpredictable, uh, and I was like, "Wait, not at all." Like I'm the not the most predictable person, but first and foremost, I'm very I'm very kind. Like I'm not like I'm not. You know, they think, "Oh, that we've got our hands on like a fucking Robert Downey Jr. in his prime. Like he's really fucking snorting rails <laughs> and, and drinking." And I was like, "No, that's not who I am at all." And then you know, you look at your friend group and you Joey Diaz and Ari Shafir drugged him and he's friends with joe rogan and all these things and so you go in and almost you gotta like disprove and be like oh first of all i'm here to work that's what i'm here for right but i'm like and like i do want to be able to be myself and have drinks and be loud and like, did, did you catch them like did they did you catch them like giving you a babysitter st uh staring at me differently mm. they would like like people would look at me differently or i'd say something and people would react differently and i had to kind of run it i'd go to my director and be like hey man i i I need to behave a little bit of as me. So like, I don't want to take out who I am, but at the same time, I, I need 
I need you to kind of come to bat for me and let everyone know I'm I'm like I'm not like that. And it wasn't it wasn't anyone important. It was just like people that we show up for the day and you're like they're like, oh I know that or or they or I had one girl come up to me and was like asking for Coke in Serbia. <laughs> And I was like, huh? wow. she was like, come on, but, I know you do. And I know you, I know you have some. I was like, I'm fucking stone sober when I work. I never drink when I work. I can never fucking drink when I mean, I, you know, doing a movie or whatever. Damn that, that poor girl, that how bald, like how, so hot. how bad, how down bad do you have to be to be like on set and ask one of the stars for cocaine? Just, uh, just. she asked me, she asked me for booze and Coke. Damn. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you later who she is. Oh wow! But like, yeah, but it's uh, I think it's common in, in maybe in European countries to drink on set. I think it's common. It's not here. Nah, I ain't never seen it. Uh, uh-uh, I've never seen it. I've never seen Yo, it. In fact, in fact, okay. So when we were when we were shooting the special, right, we had a whole thing where the intro to it was a whole other day. Yeah, and we had a thing where um, so we it, the intro is like everyone sitting in this lounge. And we're drinking drinks. And then when they call you up, you know, you get up and go, right? And and they were like, yeah, so does anyone want to drink? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just have some whiskey on the rocks. And the guy brings me back, like, apple juice. Oh, yeah. And I, and I made a big deal about it. I was like, why did you offer me whiskey? Why did you offer me booze and then bring me fake booze? I was like, well, I don't know if we're allowed. I'm like, who's going to tell? Yeah. Bring me some real booze. Like, what is this? Yeah. And, and what it is is the the the... the powerful people there like the netflix people they don't care no. but the middle man doesn't know that so he just just for the sake of of to playing it safe he brings me apple juice which isn't safe don't <laughs> don't tell me i'm getting booze and then bring me apple juice no that i couldn't by the way i can't drink apple juice like that i can't do the fake stuff no i can't do the fake stuff. i've never been able to do the fake stuff bring me a real drink if you if you offer me a drink yeah like yeah. If, if we're doing for, I don't want to give away things, but if we're doing vodka, I better taste vodka because you're not getting a real reaction from me. Exactly. Like, exactly. It was like they used to bring fake shots to the stage. Did you ever, you ever see? Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. they'd be like, they'd be like, it's it's uh, it's whiskey. And you're, you taste it. You're like, it's, what is this, iced tea? <laughs> I'm going to throw up. I'm gonna- <laughs> it's like every time I take a sip, I'm disappointed. So yeah. that, it's, and it's coloring. <laughs> it's, this, it's this my- sip. It's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey can we get more ice I, I think i'm gonna want another drink yeah me too man um steve andrew's in there um so so we had what was the leap to the military and what was the oh shit i forgot we were in the middle of that story um i'm horrible at like like you're asking me how did i go from foster care to like, the military? like yeah well, like what's what like was was there an end to foster care oh well, did you ever consider yourself an orphan no not really because I was in contact with my real parents almost the whole time. Oh, for real? Yeah. I still am, too. And we're actually pretty close now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all struggle, you know? Like, my mother was a foster kid. Her mother was a foster kid. So we, so it's like the more you, you know, it's like the, long, the older you get, the more you learn about your parents. Because I, I feel like half of the beginning of your life is just you trying to find a way to forgive your parents for the things you were you held against them. Yeah. You know, because because especially now when you start having kids, you want them to be able to forgive you. So how can you expect that uh, if you can't forgive yours? That's right? where I'm at right now. I want right. to make sure my kids 
can't forgive me. Oh yeah, I, I just, I, I just, I'm, yeah, I'm not the best well, dad. Well, you'll know, you'll know when they about twenty one, and they still want to kick it with you, or you can still go do, go, go kick it with them and do shit. Then you did all right. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, yeah, for me, and I, lo- I love my parents, man. Like I, I, um, you know, don't get me wrong, they weren't perfect or whatever, but I don't, I don't believe that they ever made any decisions that they didn't think that they, where they weren't doing their best. You know what I'm saying? Because I yeah. know kids. I, I, you know, I was in homes with kids that had it way, way, way worse. You know, my shit was like, oh, you were abandoned or you were given away. But it's like, I know kids that were, you know, they were sold. Really? Yeah. They were, they were, you know, they were chained to things. They were, oh. you know, put on drugs or, or, or raped or any of that. You know, so it's like my parents never did anything to like intentionally harm me or any of that, you know? So, but even then. So so was there so was there an end to foster care? Yes, yes. I uh I, graduated. I, I turned no, I turned I turned 18 and at that point they will keep paying for you to go to school. But you have to you know, they still get to decide where you live and what you you know, you take you shopping and really? those, you know it's all these rules, you know, and 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 I just I was just over that shit. I was over these people making decisions for me, so I joined the military. Really? Yeah. I, Straight out, and oh, where we're out, out in uh, Norfolk. Um, what do you mean? I'm th- out in Virginia? No, this was Maryland. Still, this was um, this was PG County, Suitland, I think it was. Yeah, and and um, it was just my way of just making my that was that was my that was the first choice that I made for my life. And and I know it like it doesn't it sounds stupid to be like oh I left one government agency to join another one like yeah the most government agency but it was just it was just my choice it was like an act of rebellion almost it's fascinating to see that military is an act of rebellion yeah because they put my that that same foster um that same social worker he was begging me not to do it really oh yeah he was I I never forget the last conversation I had with my foster uh, with my social worker and he was just like. He was just like you're. You're the you're the only kid I've had that has in potential, and you're just wasting it. Like, what are you doing? Like, what do I need to do? Keep in mind, this is the same conversation that he was telling me he was quitting. You know, oh, he was quitting. He was quitting. Yeah, because because like I said, they, the social workers a lot of times they're overworked. I'm gonna do a documentary about this. Yeah, but they they they're overworked and they don't have what you need. They, they they literally don't have it to give you because what I really needed was stability. Yeah, and it's like, well, you quitting is the you're the you're the most consistent thing. Oh, thanks, Andrew. You know, and you're my, my cousin, th- by the way. Thank you, and you're my third one. You're my third. You're my third social worker, and you're and I, I need consistency, and you can't give that to me, and it's not fair for me to expect it. So fuck you. you know? So he's what was what was his plan for you to go to college? Yeah. He wanted me to go to college, but it was just all the rules, man. It's like you got a curfew, you got this going on, you got that going on, you got to check in with this, and I, and I was just, I was just over. I, it. I wouldn't want to go to college where I had rules. No, I mean it's the same thing. Be with, the only kid at college with rules, right? Well, I would have been the only one, but it would have just been a handful of us, you yeah. know. And you know, what's funny is the, it's a remarkably similar situation to like the homeless thing too, because. Man, I'm skipping all over the place. But Were you lo- homeless? I was. Wait, when? This was <laughs> so this is after the military. This is this is I 
Okay, let, let me just tell the whole story. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So I do the, I do the military thing. Everyone's um and 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 everyone keeps encouraging me to do comedy because I'm funny. Then I then I um we we run into Dom Herrera one time at a Hooters, and he he's like, "Oh, I love the troops. Fuck out of here!" Gives gives us all tickets. We come to his show. He murders the place. I mean, yeah. fucking. This is like I want to say in his prime because I don't know what he considered his prime, but this is like 2002 or three. Yeah, Dom. You know what I mean? Just, oh yeah. At the height of his powers and just murder. Then he did an encore, which I don't know now that I'm in show business. I don't know if it was like planned or whatever. Yeah. But, but he came back out and did another 20 minutes or so and just murdered even harder. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to do it. And I wrote, went home and wrote a joke that night. Do you yeah. remember the joke? Huh? Do you remember the joke? I do. It's my close. It's one, well, it's not my closer anymore, but it was one of my closers for a long time. It's you know, it, it worked. It was the first joke I did, I officially ever did, and it worked. Wait, wait, wait. What's uh? You tell me the first joke I ever wrote, wrote, became my closer, and it was my closer for a long time. Oh, yeah, mine too. Yeah. yeah what was your joke? It, it, so it's, um, it was basically about my, um, damn, I don't know how to not ruin it. So it was, what do you mean ruin it? Because I don't know how to tell the story without ru- ruining the bit. I guess I'll just tell a bit. Fuck it. But it, it, it was about my friend who, uh, who was like super homophobic. And he wouldn't, he would, so in, you know, in San Diego, there's the, um, there's North Park, which is like the hipster neighborhood and right right next to it is Hillcrest. And he, one time he wouldn't meet me in North Park to like give me weed because he said it was too close to Hillcrest, you know? And I remember being like, oh yeah, he, like he, 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 he thinks there's some kind of gadiation coming off the hill. Yeah. And it it was like... (laughs) Oh, it's it's a good joke too. It's long yeah. though, but yeah, that's pretty much the premise of it. My prep, my my closer was my joke. I was in uh, with the guy that still produces my special. I was sitting with him. In my same ha- guy always. Guy still produces my next special too. Mm. Um, he's my one of my best friends growing up. Uh, still here here. We we got more if we run out of this. Yeah, you gonna waste that ice though. That's what I did. I poured a little bit in there. Um, I, we were sitting in uh. In my loft in New York, and the dating game came. Dating game came on TV with Chuck Woolery or whatever. Okay. And I said to him, uh, "I said, man, I'd love to. I'd love to do this show." And he goes, "Really?" He's like, "What would you be your answers?" And the first one was, uh, "She goes, Bachelor number three. Uh, what would be your perfect date?" And he hit mute. And I said, uh, "You start drinking around six. But I'm not picking you up till nine. And you've never tried cocaine before. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're snorting coke off my cock doing dick freezes. <laughs> and he was howling, laughing. What the fuck is a dick freeze? You never do a freeze with cocaine where you rub it on your teeth? No. Yeah, you rub it on your teeth, a little freeze. Wow. We, we, uh, that, uh, that guy has never done cocaine. No, you but know, I, but you, I definitely have. You know what? Cocaine doesn't work on me. Oh, for real? I, I look, and I, I was trying to figure it out for the longest time because you know how it is. Like, pe- people that love cocaine, when you tell them they don't do nothing for you, they always go, Well, you know, you just didn't have no good shit, but like this shit right here. Yeah. So I've tried it like five or six times. Yeah. And this is like over the last like 12, 15 years. And every time, like, it, it barely moves the needle at all. And, yeah. and, I, and, but I, and I kept looking it up and I figured it out that it turns out that because I was on Ritalin as a child, 
Oh, you're on Ritalin? Right. So what happens is it fucks with your balances. Yeah. And so even though, like, the cocaine is physically affecting you, it's just bringing you back to normal. Yep. Yeah. So so when I do cocaine, I just feel normal. So I feel like it's not doing anything, even though it is doing all the things it does. It's doing, it doing, it's, it's doing the shit Ritalin does. Same, same drug, technically. Yeah. I mean, a little different. But I, so when, if you have ADHD and you take Ritalin, it calms you down. Right. Makes you normal if you don't have uh that it just it gives you a fucking high right the first time i did ritalin um i was like oh this is just like coke like this is i remember smoking a cigarette outside english class in college going like i'm gonna get a cocktail after this class (laughs) yeah that's what it is so when i do cocaine i just feel regular so so uh how so you go to the military i'm 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 okay yeah dying to hear i'm now i'm now i'm like Huh? So we how was your experience in the military? It was, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm glad I had that. I'm glad I did it. You know, I realized that it, it wasn't for me towards the end, mm-hmm. obviously, because I'm a comedian, but um <clears throat> sorry, man. I'm not fucking, um no, no, no but Donnell Donnell was in the military. A lot of comedians. Is there a comedian group that was in the military? Like no. do you guys know each other? Mm-mm. I mean, I'm, I mean, Donnell all- was in the Navy, but I think he was in during um, Pearl Harbor. You're going to get upset about that. No, I, I, no, I, um, there isn't, because you know what's, what's funny is in, in the beginning of my career, or the beginning of my career, when I first started stand up, I, I went out of my way to not mention it. So, how would you interact with a guy who's like, I'm in the military, and there's a part of you that, like, yeah, we all are? Because, like, if I, if ever, there are comics that if they hear someone's in the military, then they're just like, oh, they glow on them. They're like, oh. And then there's like, how did you deal with it? I only I only bring it up if someone else brings it up because I I don't, you know, I don't want because I'm I don't even identify as that person. I mean, I've already been a comedian um more than twice as long as I was in the military. Yeah. And then it's like, that's my identity now. Where it's like, because there's some, and, and, and you know, there's some people where it's like, been in the military is like the best thing they've ever done. And so it's their identity till they die. Gen- General Schwarzkopf. Right. And that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just not one of those people. So it's like, I, it, it, to me, it's not the best thing I've ever done. It's funny. It sounds like you knew who you were at a young age. Because I, I, I didn't know who I was, but I knew who I wasn't. I knew immediately this isn't me. You know? That you could teach a class on that, and that would help people immensely. Yeah, I didn't know who I go... was till I was till I started doing comedy. That, really? that's when I was like, "Oh, this is me." See, I've been able to do that with with famous friends, watching them interact, and going, "That won't be me." Like I, I like watching people behave in certain ways oh, in yeah. Hollywood, and go, "That's never going to be me." Yeah. The, but the but the 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 military was essential to who I am because there is a part of it that is me and it and but what was this what I got essential from the military was learning how to deal with suffering wow because because there is a there's a that the inherent suffering in the military well yeah because because the way the foster care system worked is was that they would always rescue you you know they would go. You know, the, the, you know this child. Yeah, he bur- he he almost burned down the building, but he's been through a lot. So you know, let's not give him the normal punishment. Let's give him this, 
and try to help. And there was none of that in the military. Well, it was just it 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 was because it wasn't it wasn't like they coddled you, but it was but it was like the military didn't give a fuck that I was a foster kid. They didn't care what baggage I brought. It was like, yo, you got the same job as him, and you know, and he might be from Wisconsin and have a rich dad, but it doesn't fucking matter. Y'all are both held accountable to the same, and and you know, we need that shit up the hill, motherfucker. You know, it was it was that. It was like no one. Who you were when you got there d- didn't affect the way people ex- what what people expected from you. You know, it's, there's that's a fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, that's and, fascinating and, because I wonder how many places there are. I wonder how many things there are where that is applicable. I, where, think, I think it's the only one. Maybe sports. Maybe sports. But it's like, but it's like that that whole thing of like. Uh, of like, are you are you injured or are you hurt? You know, like you heard people say that was where it's like yeah. you're you have a job to do, you have an expectation, and what you're going through is like fifth down the list of the government's concern. So it's like you, whatever is going on at your home, whatever just happened, whatever your excuse is about to be, it's not good enough. Yeah. So it's like so if so now if you, if you really can't do it, then you'll then you'll then that'll be revealed. But a lot of people, I think the average person, they do things till they get hard and then they, and then they quit and they think they've tried hard. And the, the military goes, Oh, you, you're, you've, you're giving up cause you, cause it was hard. No, keep going. And then you realize, Oh, I wasn't really trying hard back then. I was just trying till it got hard. <laughs> now I'm trying hard because I'm yeah. out. Of, I'm out, now I'm completely out of energy, and I'm giving it the last. I'm running on fumes. I'm giving it everything I got. And now if it doesn't get done, now I've actually tried my hardest. And that that's what I learned from the military is like the difference between trying your hardest and and trying until it gets hard. That's that's an insane. Uh, I remember with I went to a workout class with Tom uh, mm. Barry's boot camp, and I remember thinking. I'd worked out like because I because I'd go in high school and I'd do bench press and I'd do uh, you know curls and triceps and I feel like I I knew the thing you know ten eight six or whatever the thing was. I'm gonna move this motherfucker. Is that okay? Do whatever the fuck you got to do. It's just been hurting my back. No, of course, man. Make All yourself right, comfortable. Is that fucking you up over there? Nope. All right, cool. Um, and so I. We did this class, and I remember being on the treadmill, and he would the guy would call out the speeds, and I was like, "Oh, I I can't do that." And then you do it, and you go, "Oh, I actually can do that." Right. And then I remember, and then I remember learning something about myself that was, it's not, it's not hard until you throw up. Like when right. you throw up, that's when you, like that, like find that level. Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm, th- I'm, th- now I'm throwing up. Yeah, that level where you like, you're not even thinking about your safety. And yeah, and you watch people work. I watch. I mean, I can only equivalent it with like working out. But you watch some people work out, and they're like, that's as fast as I can go. And you're like, no, you can go fast. Like you can always go faster. It's a David Goggins is military. Yeah, 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 let me put some dogs behind you. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. But that, but that's why I always be grateful to the military. And, I, and, and you know, but again, it wasn't for me for real. Um, and so when I got out. I tried corporate America after that. I was a I worked at Intel for a little while. Um I got fired from there. I worked and I moved back home. I worked at the Pentagon for a little while. And 
Uh, All knowing you wanted to be a comic? No. I mean, back, back then, comic was just a dream. It was just it was just the answer to the question that people were asking me of like, what would you do if like money yeah, wasn't all? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll probably do comedy. It was something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't something I decided to do yet. And then um, and then I'm I got laid off from the Pentagon. I moved back to California um, to help my homie grow weed. And um, I, I turned out to be so bad at that that like he didn't even want my help no more. <laughs> And Wait, how can you be bad? I mean, by the way, hold on. I know how hard weed growing weed is. I do because I grew yeah. six plants. Well, it ain't just weed, but it's like just plants. If you some, it's a green. A green thumb is real, and I just didn't have it. <laughs> you know, I just didn't have it because I was doing all the same shit he would show me, and I would and I would do all the same shit he did. You know, we measuring the pH balance of the water yeah. and the dirt and all of this, and, and I was like, yo, I'm getting the same readings you get. And I don't know why <laughs> when you leave me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the plants are like struggling. I don't know why, but um, but I wasn't good at that. And then I'm so I'm in college. I'm I'm living off my GI. You bill. go back to go, go back to college. I'm in. I'm Did in, you get money from military? Right. I'm yeah. in community college, living off the GI bill. What city? San Diego. Oh yeah. Oh, and, what a great fucking city. Yeah. Oh, it, it is a great city to live in. I you know. You know what it is. Yeah. People don't like to admit this, but let me tell you something. San Diego is with people that have never been to the West Coast, San Diego is what you think LA is. Yup. It's like- That's you, a great analogy. Yeah, LA is not all palm trees and beaches and weed and bad bitches. It is some of that here, but it's like, if you want some place that's all that, that's what San Diego is. Yeah. San Diego is fucking awesome. Yeah, LA is like palm trees and beaches and bad bitches, and then you get two blocks up. Now like, I want to move my chair. Oh shit, where the fuck am I? Huh? Now I want to move my chair, because I was like, Hey, am I, am well, it was. I was. I was sitting like this, and it was yeah, like I'm hurting sitting my like neck. this. Yeah. Okay. Um, keep going. So you go to San Diego. You're going to college. Right. So then one day I'm coming home, and I go into this. Um, I go into this bar that I've never gone into, and um, and I'm I'm joking and joking around and flirting with like these these group of girls at the bar, and and the girl I was talking to, her boyfriend walks up. And you know, and I wasn't really flirting with her. I was just jo- just drinking and yeah. joking, and um, and 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 he happened to be. So w- before I walked in the bar, they were doing this storytelling thing. It was it's this thing called So Say We All, and they do like storytelling, performing, you know, type shit. Yeah. And they they ran this nonprofit that did this, and they were teaching me how to, uh, or, or or they teach people how to tell stories, and they and you tell your story. And so they were like, oh, dude, you're funny. Like, we're thinking about doing comedy in a few months. You want to be on the comedy thing? Like, like I'm, I'm skipping over shit. I ended up back at their house party, you know, just, uh, what do you call it? Mingling or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they so they ended up offering me. So I, I got books before I ever even did comedy. Really? Yeah, and then the show was three months away. And that's when I just started hitting up all of these mics. And... um. And so then that's when I was like, so after the first show, I was like, oh yeah. Somebody gave me like 30 bucks or something. Yeah. I was like, oh man, if I can get this up to like a hundred, I can live off this. It's a, it's a long time to do that. But it's crazy the um the pay scale. Oh, there's how no difficult mi- it is to get just how difficult it is to get to fifteen hundred and then how hard it is to get out of fifteen hundred. Yeah, there's no middle class in comedy. There isn't. I mean, it goes 
I was I was in I was in the three thousand to fifteen hundred range the majority of my career. Yeah, majority of my career I was there. Three thousand with with bonuses was like a good weekend. Yeah, that, I don't that, even know what they're paying yeah, now. If you, they're, they're, I looked at the schedule. I was looking at you're at Irvine. You're in Irvine this week or next yeah, week. Next week. Yeah. yeah, I was in. I was looking at your schedule. The schedule, and they're. It's like Wednesday nights Kevin Nealon, Thursday nights this person. Friday, they're doing it like a theater. Yeah. Well, the pay's the same. It's the same. Really, it's the same. That that's gonna have to change soon. But yeah, I think gonna need Jake Paul to come in and start doing stand up <laughs> or something. But yeah, I don't think they've changed. I think that's a big complaint amongst comics. Those like, especially like middling. But that's that pays. That pays. Man, that's it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The 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 pay. What is this? It's five hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. Yeah, if that for the weekend. Plus no, they may get you a room, but they definitely not gonna pay for your travel. No. So it's it's a weird Imagine thing. this, man. I had Georgia. I had Georgia, my oldest, and that was my living was featuring. I fucking worked every goddamn man, week. I worked every fucking week that first year of her life. That first year of life, I worked every fucking week. And I headlined. If it wasn't for a couple headlining dates, I probably wouldn't made I probably wouldn't have made it like uh Sacramento would headline me. San Francisco would headline me. No, maybe not. Uh, maybe what they would. I can't remember. And then yeah. if I remember uh, the last stop in Houston paid me $3,000 to headline Thanksgiving. And I, I brought Georgia down. And they put us in a really nice hotel. We were poor. Like, like legit poor. It's funny. I've, I, the way you're talking, I, I, I have this thought. There's a difference between poor and broke. Oh, right, right. Leanne's right. poor. Leanne's always been poor. She'll always be poor her whole life. It's a mentality. Right. It's a mentality. I've been broke. I've never been poor. Like, I've never I've never perceived life as like, well, this is where we'll always end up. The difference between poor and broke is, is, is just knowing. It's like, poor is, poor is, I'm broke and I don't know where the money is going to come from. Broke is. Bro- broke is, I'm, I don't have any money. But I know that there's money coming. That's me. I've been broke. We were broke when we were broke, and we stayed in a nice hotel. And it to this day, the greatest Thanksgiving dinner I've ever had in my entire fucking life. So I didn't have to work on Thanksgiving. No work on Thanksgiving. So they fucking uh, they sent up Thanksgiving dinner. I worked uh, t- Wednesday, had Thursday off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday was the week, right? And. Uh, they sent Thanksgiving dinner up around like two. You got it for like two o'clock. And then at seven o'clock, they said, do you want leftovers? And we said, yeah. And they sent us five plates of leftovers. Oh, man. And I'm telling you, without a doubt, the best Thanksgiving dinner I've it's, ever had. It's just you, Leanne, and Georgia? Georgia was a baby. She was probably six months old. Oh, so it's just you and Leanne blowing through this this food. Yeah, and we fucking... And, and we didn't... I mean... I was making, you know, seven hundred bucks a week is what we see. Make. That's see, that's where you lucky at, Bert. Like, cause now, cause you, cause you know, you got a woman that's that'll struggle with you. Yeah. Like now, cause now that I'm already successful, I don't know if I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll, but yeah, but no. Can I tell you though? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll devil advocate that. I hope this comes out right. I hope people don't hate me, and if it doesn't come out right, <laughs> take it out, Halston. 
But there, say, there you have to say this like every, every because, other day. Yeah, because I know how many people love my wife. Like people love my wife. They know they, my wife. They, they know me. They do. They know me. They know my kids and they know my wife. You have you have the type of wife that makes you more likable. Yes. And so when you shit on her, people don't right. like you. And I've been yeah. doing that in my act a little bit. And I can feel women just go, all right, I'm done with him. Like, <laughs> like, because you got to push boundaries. If you just sit there and go, I fucking love her. <laughs> but there will always be. The curiosity of, uh, first of all, I'm going to phrase this this way. I would never have been successful if I had married my wife. I would never have had any success in my life whatsoever had I not married my wife. But you always wonder, had I gotten successful, what kind of chick would I have married? Meaning, oh, okay. Like you look at like Trevor Noah, right? I don't know Trevor Noah, but like he's dating that girl, Minka, Minka Kelly or something. Mm hmm. And the girl's a fucking, I mean, the, one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my entire life, right? Right. You look at, like, Kevin Hart's second wife. You know, you look at, like, well, his first wife was fucking hot as shit, too. But you, like, when you look at, like, these people that got famous, then got wives, you go, because, I mean, I guess Trevor Noah's a pretty good-looking guy, right? Yeah. But but you but they also always have to think in the back of their mind, at least a little teeny tiny bit of, like, you know, if I lost at all, would this chick stay with me? I mean, there's a part, there's a part of, there's a, something I'm really grateful for. And that is like, I don't fly, I fly, I've flown private before, but I don't fly it often at all by any stretch of the means. But I, I think about it every time I have a flight, I'm always curious, what would it be to fly private here? Mm. My wife will never get on a private jet with me ever. Really? Never. She will never because she goes, that's a waste of fucking money. And now the difference is, I don't know Minka Kelly, or I don't that's the right name. I mean, what about first class? Oh, yeah. Or is she like, no, we're going to sit in the no. middle seat, comfort no, no. plus tops. Now, just ne this year, wow. she'll buy first class tickets. She would never buy a first class ticket. Fucking never. This year, she just, for the first time ever, she bought first class tickets for me and her. She's always been like, I sit, I'll sit coach. And I go, well, I'm, I'm sitting first class. She goes, you sit coach with me. I go, if I get upgraded, I'm going. Like, <laughs> just giving you a heads up. I'm not going to fucking sit on an upgrade. Or she'll work an upgrade or she'll use miles. My wife is not a first class person. Um, but then you wonder with a, I don't like, uh, say, say you, you get famous. You meet this chick. Obviously, you're trying to press her. You're flying private. You're flying private. And then one day you go back to business class. Not even first class, business class. And they're like, we're flying business in New York. Then you got to be like, oh, oh fuck. You, well, I'm flying, bitch. You out of here. <laughs> nah. Because that's the thing. Because that, that's the thing. You never know. Because I think the plane is the perfect analogy. It's like, who'll sit, who'll sit, who'll sit with you in first class and sit with you in coach? That's Leanne Crazier. It's, it's the person that, it's, you know, it's the person that they just want to be with you. They don't care where you sit. By the way, I'm not even a good person to sit next to. Because I drink <laughs> no. and I'm scared of flying. So, like, shit. Le Leanne loves me in a way that I don't I, like I love her more than she loves me mm. but she loves me in a different way that I love her now, what, do you, what do you mean you love her more than she loves you I'm more attracted to her I'm more I'm, 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 I want to be with her more I'm, I'm more like needy like I, I like I'm still I'm still like in love with her like meaning like I'm still like but maybe she needs to be needed maybe that's why she loves you in a way you don't understand you know it's so funny she creates very needy relationships with all our animals. And then I'll watch her complain and go, God damn it.
why does every dog follow me around the house? And then <laughs> I'm with the dogs walking it's behind like, them going like. Because you keep bacon in your pocket, yeah. man. Don't act like it's a mystery. She's an interesting fucking person. Yeah. Um, so wait, let's get off. By the way, it's crazy that I can always turn every interview into me. The um, So wait, you got out of the military, you go to San Francisco. How did you get homeless? No, not San Francisco, San Diego. San Diego, very different story. Um, so, okay, so this is the part I can. And does it happen all at once? I can speak through. No, no, no. I, um, I, so I started comedy in 2011. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and I was. When did I start? I think you started in 98. 90, yeah, 98 probably. Yeah, I'm not, but I don't know. Um, but, but I, uh. I, I was lucky because I, right away I started working at this club called The Madhouse uh, and I started working. I just, someone, someone was just talking about it this weekend. We were just in San Francisco. Yeah, San and it's like, weekend. it's run by a calm, it's like the most like tail together by duct tape, like labor of love type of business. Yeah. And I was, the, I was one of the first employees. And so off the top, I was getting just so much stage time. They had just opened up. I mean, I was with them before they even had their liquor license, you know? Really? Yeah, man. And I and I and and I hosted all the open mics and I hosted the weekend shows and and then this club, like eventually they got to the point where like they would do an open mic every day. So after the last show was over, it was open mic till two AM every day. Great. Yeah. That's great. And it's like, That's great just for the reps. Oh yeah. And we, we 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 and so I got to the point where I think by the end of my first year in comedy, I was already featuring on the weekend. That's I was already doing half hours, just boom, and they weren't amazing, but uh, but they got amazing eventually. And so, of I, course, I got I got I was probably getting two to three hours of stage time on average every week when I was my first couple of years, and it got to the point where because you know San Diego's real close to LA, and so a lot of a lot of people with comics would come down and headline a weeknight or a weekend or whatever, and they, eventually they all started being like, "You need to move." You need to move. And so I, I was there. I was down there for like four to four or five years. And I got to the point where I was like, man, fuck it. I just need to go. I need to stop waiting for the perfect time and just go, mm-hmm. which was a, a bad idea. I, I, I just I just went. And and uh, my plan was just to crash on couches, you know, until I figured something out. And, uh, and that only lasted for like a week or two before. Because here's the thing. I had severe sleep apnea. And I, I ain't have any of the treatments or none of the machine and nothing like that. So, you know, every single friend who I crashed with, it was like burning a bridge. It was like, oh. it was like oh, you can never stay here again. Like, unless it's an emergency. You know what I mean? And so eventually, so I, eventually I, I was in a situation where um, my, my boy let me stay there, but their roommate wasn't cool with it. And, and I ended up having to leave. Long story short. And I, so I, I went to the VA. I was on the street for a couple of days. Um, but I went to the VA and was like, I don't have nowhere to live. So wait, what, what when you say on the street for a couple of days, meaning like, uh, meaning like with all my stuff sleeping on, on at a bus stop, you know, which is stressful to have all your shit. You can't bring it in buildings with you. Yeah. You, but if you leave it outside, it gets taken. It was, it was just a weird, just a wild, wild shit. We should be giving homeless people all just giving them carts. So they don't got to steal them from the grocery store. Just give them a cart. So you can give all your shit together. Yeah, give them a cart they can lock. A, a cart that has a top cage. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because that to me that is that was the one of the most stressful parts about it all is just constantly worried about where my stuff is and who's and where who's going to take it. Really? <clears throat> yeah. So you had all your shit. I had all. I had most of my shit. Where do you have a car? Nope. 
I, th- I threw away everything. I went through everything and threw everything that wasn't essential. And I think I left one box with a friend in San Diego. And I took yeah. and I had like three bags that I was carrying with me. Oh my God. That's fucking, um, that's yeah. terrifying. And so they ended up sending me to a shelter, the VA, um, temporarily. So how does the VA work? You can just go in and be like, I'm homeless. I'm homeless. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. Yep. I'm a veteran. I'm, I don't know how to live. And, um, you know what's so funny is the VA is the only place where they treat you better when than, you, than when you were in the military. <laughs> well, they treat you better when you're homeless. Oh, really? They're just way, yeah. If you just go to the regular VA, because over here, over here in West LA, there's the there's the big ass giant hospital, but, yeah. but all the homeless services and shit are like in this little area that's a little ways away. And they're just so nice and compassionate and understanding. And it's it's crazy. Like everybody in the building, because they've all volunteered to be in the homeless part rather than the regular part. So there's no it's nobody there that's like made to be there. They all just there because they want to help. Yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. But they ended up finding me somewhere to stay. And I ended up in this homeless shelter over here on Sunset, which is actually out of business now. Um so when you see homeless people. Like the, I mean, our homeless situation in LA is is probably worse than it's ever been. Yeah. What's what? I think most people see that and then they go, "Ugh," but you don't see it that way. No. In fact, I get into arguments with my friends all the time about it because they assume um, that I'm going to agree with them. You know, because the one thing I don't do is I don't lump all homeless people in together. Really. No, because I think that's what the because here's the thing, I, th- I think the average person is looking for permission to be their worst self at all times, because e- being evil is fun, but be- but feeling guilty is not. So when we find a situation where we can be evil and not feel guilty, we fucking pounce. And that's talking about homeless people. Talking about homeless people is the easiest way. You go because as soon as somebody homeless, you go, well, that's not a person. I don't have to treat them like a person. You know, I don't have to have any compassion or anything. And so, you know, a lot of people make all of these assumptions where they they like they assume everyone's on drugs or everyone's out here. They'll rob you, steal you, kill you. But it's like, no, there's people out there with those people. Yeah, there's evil motherfuckers that'll rob, steal and kill you. But imagine being stuck outside with those people out there. So it's not it's not like they're all because they act like homeless people are like this gang of murderers and drug addicts. That just, but it's like no, it's innocent people that just don't have anywhere to live, and they got to sleep in there, and they don't know who the who the evil people are around them. Yeah, and it's like that's who you, because you know, all of y'all are one paycheck away, or one one emergency away from being homeless. One Both. surgery, one yeah, one, one, one surgery, one daughter tragedy. getting it, yeah, yeah. And so I have a friend, I have a good friend who uh, said they had a very affluent. No, I, I shouldn't speak. I have a friend who's uh, who said they had a very affluent life. Until his sister got sick, and then they put all their money to get her sick, and then his sister passed away, and he said, and then life changed. And you think, for someone maybe who didn't have that much luck, someone who's a little down, they're like, and they have a kid that gets sick, then they're fucking homeless. They're fucked, yeah. And but so then, so then, what is the man? I'm not, I know you don't have the answer to this, and I want to, I want to hear your story, but like, but what is this? What is the fix then? I mean, like, do you, do you, from any insight and being an outside the box thinker, like. What is the fix? How do we get? Because I, I don't, I don't per se, I'm not a good person. But like I, I, 
for whatever reason, I very deeply empathize with someone who's homeless. There was a guy, there was a guy um, who was, uh, who was homeless, who was uh, living in our alley. We lived, used to live on an alley. Mm. And he was living in our alley, and he, um, and he was, he was uh, up against our fence. He had set up everything up against our fence, and I had to repair the fence. The fence was broken, and I had to fix it. So I went out and I said, "Hey, man, uh, can, can I give you some money to 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 get lost for the day while I fix this fence?" He said, "I got to be honest with you, man. I'm really comfortable here." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "I'm." I don't, I just assume not take your money and just stay here. And he's like, it's a good spot. The way that I guess, I don't know for whatever reason. So I said, well, I'm, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to fix the fence. So I'm going to be out here and we're going to be like together doing this. Like, I'm going to need you to move at times. And he was like, he's like, Hey man, I'm, I don't mean to be a pain in the ass, but like I got a good spot. And I was like, okay. So I start fixing the fence. And then me and this guy end up talking throughout the day not a lot but just enough we had chickens at the time this is the hardest me and him ever fucking laughed we had chickens so my wife used to raise chickens in our backyard when the chickens makes a noise and he starts talking to himself and i said something and he goes hey can i ask you a question i said yeah he goes do you have chickens i said we do and he goes oh my god i thought i was losing my mind he, <laughs> he goes man all chicken. night long all night long i hear chickens and i was like there's no way they have chickens and and i was like no we got chickens and he was like oh you guys get eggs and i was like yeah we started talking about our chickens then my wife came out i ended up giving the guy the money i've I've always been pretty generous with like giving money to people on the street but i'm but i but i i'm not a great person i'm sure i say things like how what's the fix then i mean i don't know if there's a simple answer to it but i just think I don't know, man. If pandemic has taught us anything, we're just not compassionate as as a people. I don't know if there's a if there's a, a solution that can be implemented to make I think people we're getting, be more compassionate. I think we're getting worse. Yeah, and and because here's because because it connects back to what I was saying earlier about how like they're because obviously like they want to make shelters or they want to create some kind of program or whatever. But the truth is, all that shit ends up being a scam. Yeah, where it's like none of it's ever about actually helping the people. Mm-mm. It's it, it's all for profit. It's like it's the guys working there are going to get paid. Well, the, no, the so the shelter I lived in, it was owned by this company called uh, Volunteers of America, and they operate a bunch of shelters, whatever. But they make it money, you know, like they make it because they're a nonprofit technically, but and that makes people think they're not making money, but they just they just divert it to the south. You know what I'm saying? Like the CEO of Volunteers of America is living real, real well. Yeah. And the shelter I, I was—I saw that today. I saw that today. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. I just read headlines. I don't read the articles. But they were saying that the the founders of Black Lives Matters have been funneling money into Canada or something. The founders of Black Lives Matter. I, I, I'm the bad person to read the article. Oh. And so and so, I was like, I was like, I can't look. I I I have a job, right? I got a job. I, I have a talent and I can do my job. If I didn't have a talent, maybe, and I saw that I could make some money off trying to make people's lives better, maybe I'd. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to justify people at like Red Cross. Red Cross is the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. They're, well, the, the, um, who's the pink cancer ribbon? The, the fucking Susan Komen. Yeah, they're, they're 
They, they just funnel money out of this organization to build their organization bigger and kind of line their pockets. And the people that need the money aren't getting the money. But I, I always try to empathize. When, whenever I think something negative about someone, I try to go, but what if that was me? So say I started White Lives Matter. It's a fucking <laughs> horrible thing to say on a podcast. It's a horrible Clip thing to that. say on a podcast. Clip that piece. <laughs> so I'm starting a company called White Lives Matters, right? All right. <laughs> I'm going to fucking go in and I'm going to get books to kids in, in Appalachia, like Dolly Parton, right? Okay. At a certain point, I'm gonna be like, hey man, I, I need to get down to Appalachia to give these books out because you want to you want a film crew to sh- show me doing it because then that gets on social media, right? But I'm not gonna fly coach. Like I'm flying me first class. Like I'm I am going to give books to kids, right? And then they're like they're like okay and be like, where do you want to be put up? I'm like not in fucking Appalachia. Like put me in Atlanta and then, <laughs> and then definitely get a car to get me there. But if you can get me a Sprinter van, I can get more work done. So get me a Sprinter van. Fly me first class to Atlanta. Put me up at the Omni. I want to fucking get a Sprinter van to take me into Appalachia. And when we're in Appalachia, by the way, I'm not eating what those fucking kids eat. I want nice food for us. I right. mean, it's us. But and, then, but then that's but that's bad optics. So we need we need like a beat up Toyota to sell to meet us at the last mile. Can we hire get get us some get some people from local people? You know what? We'll give back to the community. Rent the guy's car. Hey, how much does he want? Four hundred. Give him four hundred bucks. I don't give a fuck. And so, but let's rent his beat up car so we look like we're hanging out with poor people. You know, we should probably change my clothes. I've got these nice clothes. Do you have anything less nice? Banana Republic will be fine. Like, it's like, that's, I understand how that works. Right. So if you are like, and then when people get outraged and they're like, the Black Lives Matters lady bought a house. You're like, yeah. Well, that's just the thing, man. Evil is just a, a series of incremental compromises. You know, yeah, you you, comp- you compromise your way to evil. You because because yeah, no, all those things you said are perfectly reasonable things to think. Yes, at a time, but all together, it's fucked up. I had a girl one time hit me up, said, "Hey, come hang out with us." Uh, oh, this Facebook was big. That's <laughs> how long this was. My girls were in Alabama with Leanne. Come hang out in uh. uh does it tell you the real places we were in? <laughs> Is that said, your signal to him? To yeah, cut yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in, uh, she said, come hit me, hang out at the restaurant with me. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm married. And she was like, no, we're just, we're just getting. By the way, any comic could figure out where this club is by the words I'm saying. That's why I'm covering oh, okay. it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was like, why? I like, so I'm, I go over and I. Why can't you say sushi? <laughs> Cause that's that's the only word. You say. Anyway, all right. I'll just all say. Right. I'll just say sushi. Keep it. By the way, bleep my earlier one, but then keep him going. Why can't you say sushi? All right. Because any comic is gonna figure out what club this is at. Oh, okay, but sushi is the thing that gives it away. But no, no. So I go over. I like sushi. So I go over to get sushi because I'm I'm gonna get sushi. And and there, there's these hot girls over there. But I'm married. I told him I'm married. I'm fine. It's after my show. They were at my show. I go down. Grab some sushi. We all talk. We have to do some sake bombs. We have a great time. I head back to the club and the and uh and I get back to the club to get shit. I go to have a drink over at uh Coyote Ugly or not Coyote Ugly, uh what's the bar next door to the uh, now I, I just ordered the name of the club. 
God damn it, I'm horrible. Joel's killing himself going, say the name of the fucking club. Howl at the Moon, not Howl at the Moon. Dueling, what's the I fucking? Think I think it's a, yeah. Oh. Got the big bar next door to it. I forget the name. I think it's a different name now. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I go over there and and uh, and the girls are there. And one of the girls is like, uh, it's like kind of flirting with me. And, and you let it happen because it's that compromise of evil, right? That yep. You let it happen. It feels good to be flirted with, especially when you're like a married man. To have a girl flirt with you, it feels fucking phenomenal. So we have a few drinks. And then I said, I'm calling it a night. And they're like, one more drink. And I have one more drink to make me not think straight, you know? And the girl says, let's go. Uh, what are you doing now? I said, I'm going to bed. She goes, um, let's get high. And I go, all right, let's get high. Where do you want to go? And she goes, let's go to your room. And I went, no, I can't do that. And she said, why not? And I said, because, because that is, and I didn't say it the way you said it, but that is the small compromise to get to evil. That yep. is that, whatever you said, that is that. But I know it to be that. I know it to be that. It started with sushi. It went to the fucking. Yeah. And then and then now we're talking about getting high in my room. That's when it turns. That's and so I went into the green room and I I hid from her. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the, that's what you gotta do, man. It's those little compromises of that's where evil. I will say. Will you say that sentence again? I, I said evil is just a series of, of small compromises. That's fucking brilliant. I mean, because it is. It really, really is. Yeah, you just keep going, well, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. That's why, like, my rule, and I totally broke it recently. But my rule is, like, I go straight to my room. I, I go. After the show? After the show. Like, I, ne I never, ever go to location B. Why? I never go to location B. I go to the bar next door, though. Oh, I mean, I'll go to the bar at, at the club. Or yeah. Because, because. And this, this the last weekend I did, um, you know, it was it was it was two examples of both. Like on 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 Friday on Thursday night or Friday night, I I left the club and went like five doors down, and I drank uh, wait, with some what folks. Club, what club are you at? This is Nyack. Oh, West Nyack. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I I went like five doors down, and it was amazing. You know, great experience, blah, blah, blah. And I actually then, know where, I think I could almost guess where you went. It was like the Yard House or something? Yeah, the Yard House. Yeah. And then, and then, no, but then Maybe, this, I do stand-up comedy. But then the second, but then like maybe that Saturday or Sunday, it's like I went back to someone's room and it was like, uh, it, it, and it was a situation where I was just like, why did you fucking do that? Like, it wasn't like I was in danger or nothing, yeah. but it was like, that could have went so left. Well, the problem that you that you're in now I'm I'm in I'm in it as well. We're all in it. Is any weird video of you doing anything anywhere that isn't your thing can come off weird. Like right. I go to someone's hotel room. Uh, maybe I can get away with it because I party a lot. Like if you see Segura in someone's hotel room, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck was he doing there?" Right. Right. And so like and so you everyone's got to be careful of that. But for me, I don't know. I, I've I've broken a lot of rules. I've done a lot of fucked up stuff. Well, I mean, I follow the rules like ninety percent of the time. But sometimes I just I'm like fuck it, you know. Yeah. But like but like I said, as long as you can stop yourself and recognize, okay, this is where this is over. You know what I mean? Because that's because that's enough what happened. Like, it got to the point and I was like, okay, this is over. Yeah. You know, I'm going back to my room like I should have. And... Uh, I'm good at I'm good at calling it. I'm good yeah. at calling it. I, I'm I, I pulled the plug on myself a bunch. I think the guys on my team right now would all say i'm really good at going that's it i'm going home good night guys 
And I go back to the bus. But yeah. we haven't we we haven't spent any, we haven't gone anywhere in fucking two years. We've been living on a tour bus, partying on a tour bus, playing pickleball next to the tour bus, grilling on a tour bus. Live, I mean, fucking anywhere. Y'all grill? Oh yeah. I get down. Why don't you come? By the way, open offer. If you ever ever want see anything, have a weekend open. See a weekend on my on on my bus that you're like, I wouldn't mind hitting up that city. I'm going there in six months. I wouldn't mind going in there and doing a set. Please let me know. Oh yeah, of course. In a second. Yeah. Take care of you. Bring you out. I mean, I'm no Tom Segura. I'm not going to get you fitted with a stylist, but <laughs> but yeah. And and Fury's yeah. on our bus. You and him are friends. Yeah, yeah. That's the anytime, yeah. anytime, anytime. I've made the offer. I've made the offer to uh, uh, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis, Giannis Papas you uh a, a few people i've I've said because I, I just like i like I, I like i like watching people work like i like watching shane gillis work he we were with him and uh i've seen steve and dave so much but to see someone else work he's so funny man. shane yeah he's, he's a nice guy too he's a very sweet guy he's a very sweet guy and he's a he's a fun he's a fun text guy oh okay I don't yeah know. like no he's a good like like uh me and him text on uh, like certain things we commiserate on, like uh, nothing better than fucking being in an airport bar. Nothing better. Really? Oh, there's nothing better. That's the worst thing ever. Oh, my favorite feeling ever in an airport bar, and they go, "We've got an hour delay," and you're like, oh, "I guess I'm gonna have a few more beers." You know, honestly, traveling, traveling itself is my least favorite part about the whole business. Uh, yeah, mine too. Well, that's I, why you'd love a tour bus. Yeah, I hate flying. I hate flying. <laughs> I, f- I hate the airport experience and I hate how it's it's there's no financial incentive f- for them to make it any better. Well, are you still are you still flying coach hoping to get upgraded? No. I mean, uh, no cuz what I do is like I told you I have a I have sleep apnea. Yeah. So I have to be able to plug in my machine. So my rule is just like if the flight is over 4 hours, then I get the you know, whatever I got it. Because depending on the plane you're flying on, yeah. you can get the plug in Comfort Plus or First Class or whatever. Class. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wherever I can plug shit in, I so just upgrade. Do you have to plug it in? What, what's your sleep? Is it is it the just the nozzle thing or is it the mask? No, it's just the nozzle, just the nasal thing. And so do you um do you have to do it on a flight if you fall asleep on a flight? Right. Really? What happens when you're, because I have sleep apnea, but I, I don't never... I couldn't do the test because if I do, if I don't, if I do, if I don't, I, first of all, I'll fall asleep anyway, and then everyone is upset with me when I wake up. How bad is it? It's bad, man. <laughs> it's real bad. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't know because I've never record. Because don't ever do that. That's nightmare shit. If you record it and try to listen, don't do that. But just from people's reaction, people that love me, people that don't love me, all the same, the same reaction. Really? Oh yeah. Like, I, this this the last time it happened. I tried to power through and <laughs> and I woke up just as the flight attendant was walking through the aisle and sh- she was singing like a little kidsy song but she was clapping trying to wake me up and I, and I could tell because as soon as I woke up the, like the people beside me, they had like two kids with them sitting all around. They, they, their whole family was there, but two of the kids were sitting right behind them. And as the lady walked through, one of the little kids goes, "Finally, he's awake!" Oh my god! So it was, it was, it was that thing. It, it's so, I, oh, it's my biggest really? insecurity, probably. Yeah, because have you had it your whole life? 
No, no. It, it, it started after the military sometime, like right after. Really? But as I gained weight, I just started. I can't, mine's, um, mine's pretty bad. I snore pretty bad. I mean, Leanne hadn't slept in bed with me in this new house yet. Wow. Yeah. She has her own room that she sleeps what? in. Bert, you, man, you got too much money. Go get that machine, though. But I couldn't do the test. Why? Because I have allergies. And when the second air started going up my nose, it shut down my nostrils. Wow. But well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, you don't need to put something in your nose for the test, though. Yeah, 100%. They put on the mat, two different two different mats. So you did a sleep study, but not with the machine. I did a sleep study. I never fell asleep. Did a sleep study, laid there, never fell asleep. Came and got me. They did the one thing, couldn't fall asleep. Did the other thing, couldn't fall asleep. Jesus. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, I'm like I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. They, they were like... And I just, I had a bottle of wine with me, and that was probably not the right well, way. Want some do Benadryl or something? And so no, so I just, I brought a bottle of wine in the room because I was like, I'm not ready to go to bed. It's like fucking, I, I want to say it was ten o'clock at night. I was eight o'clock at night. I was like, I'm not ready to go to bed. I'm fucking a comic. I'm a stand up comic. Bert, you gotta do whatever you gotta do to finish that test. Really? Yeah, man. Because look, they call it the silent killer. Because what happened? Because what, what's actually happening is. You you stop breathing, and your body thinks that you're drowning. Like it reacts the same way as if oh, you're drowning. I've been there a lot, and it yeah. and so it it dumps adrenaline, right? And that leads to depositing cholesterol in your arteries. So 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 basically, and you're doing that multiple times a night. So it's basically like, for lack of a better term, it's like you're eating fifteen cheeseburgers in your sleep. So funny, I was just about to offer you a Kool-Aid beer to see if you want to yeah, try it with me. I'll take one. Yeah. Hey, Halston, will you grab to see if that there's two Kool-Aid, there's two Kool-Aid beers in there? Oh, yeah. Because um, so, I don't I'm not concerned about my health. I want you to live. Yeah, no, hey, listen. <laughs> I I I I it's bad in the bus because my my mouth will dry out. Yeah. Yeah, they're cold. These are Kool-Aid beers. Kool-Aid beers. Someone made them for me. Wow, dude. 4.5% alcohol. They put a lot into this. Drink immediately. Okay, that's a, I've never seen that on a beer. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's by Brahami. Is it that good? Yeah, that's pretty good. Let me try It's pretty good. It kind of tastes like um. You ever had? Are you a beer guy? I am. Yeah. You ever had like a Magic Hat Number Nine? No. Oh. I Man, I don't think I have. I'm sure I have. Yeah, that kind of tastes like Magic Hat to me. It tastes. You know, what it tastes like a little bit. It tastes uh, like. Uh, by the way, thank you. Brahami B H R A M A R I. This is a pretty cool fucking. No, Bramari. Bramari. <laughs> There's no H in there at all. What are you talking about? B. Oh, there's a H in the beginning. Yeah. Br- Br- it's Bramari. Bramari. Okay. Oh, no. And he just makes this shit where? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. They sent them to me. And I I haven't had one. I've been wanting to have one. So I'm glad we could have one. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Sleep I'm, apnea. I wish there was like something. Rogan's got a mouthpiece. Oh, yeah? Rogan's got a mouthpiece. Tom has a mouthpiece. I have the nose piece. No, they got like something they put in their mouth. And pushes their mouth tongue and they're like this. 
Really? I think so. You know what? Neither one of these niggas offered me one of those. Uh, can I tell you, Joe's a little weird about his. Because I've hit him up twice going, hey, man, how do I get this mouthpiece? And he never replies to me. Huh. Yeah, I think, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Tom, same way. Tom's Tom had a really great joke. Shit, maybe it's a comedian thing. Does every comedian have sleep apnea? Joey Diaz got it really. Oh bad. yeah, well he was the first one I saw be like public because some people are, you know, what it is. Some people are, um, there. It's an insecurity because it's a weakness. They see it as a weakness. Oh, I don't find it. I mean, I, I, I when I was a kid, I thought only men snored. Like you had to be a man to snore. No, I was like, I was like, God, I can't wait till I start no, snoring. When you're snoring, well, when you, and another thing too is snoring doesn't necessarily mean sleep apnea, but. If you have sleep apnea, you will snore. Let me call Leanne and see if I got sleep apnea. You pro- you almost certainly do. Oh, <clears throat> but also, it also doesn't have as much to do with being overweight as some people think. That's the one thing that bothers me when they go, well, look at you. And you're like, hey, go fuck yourself. Right, right. Like, there's got to be. No, because I, I mean, I know people that outweigh me by 100 pounds and don't have sleep apnea. I wonder if Leanne. Dr. Drew was going to set me up with sleep apnea thing. What's up, babe? Hey, do I have sleep apnea or do I just snore? What'd you say? Do I have sleep apnea or do I just snore? Well, I don't know. You've never been diagnosed with sleep apnea because you can't do the test. But hey, we can you reach out to Dr. Drew and see if we can get the rest of that thing from his office and see if we can get it so I can take it on the road with me? I want to try the sleep machine. Okay. What are you doing? Um, breaking down boxes. Super excited. Bad bitch right there. I'm real. I love right. you, Leanne. I'm a big fan. Yeah, Brian's in here with me. We're doing a podcast. Um, come in and stop in and say hi if you can. Okay. All right, love you. Um, I'm, I've gotten to a place where I like panic attacks are what I'd like to get rid of in the middle of the night. See, I don't have those. And it was crazy too because I have a tremendous anxiety some disorder sometimes, but never had a panic attack. So, really? Oh man, it's coming. Oh man, I, I I'm not ready. It's uh, I get them a lot. Uh, it's in my stomach usually, meaning like it starts. In, it it it's from partying too hard. I, I like I party some hard sometimes where I re- I go really hard and then I'm I fucking gotta. I, and I, I I can recognize it before it happens. I can see. I go. Oh, this is. This is showing up. Does it ever happen before you go up? No, no. S- let me tell chills. you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Secret time. I can be in the worst panic attack in the world. The second I hear, ladies and gentlemen, Burt Kreischer, the fucking <laughs> world tears away from me. Yeah, and man, I am fucking it's, there. It's stage health. Oh my! My blood pressure drops. I feel more comfortable. I I used to do the. Well, I used to do the road. You know, obviously a lot. And uh, Sundays were an interesting day for me because I loved Sundays and I dreaded them. So su- my Sundays were always before Joey told me never to do Sundays again. Um, my Sundays were why Joey just got me to stop doing Sundays, and the, and the pay wasn't different. Oh right, right, right. But this, uh, Joey was just like the first. I mean, I've known those. I've known that that group of guys for a while, but like. Joey found out I was working Sundays, and, and he pulled me aside. He's like, dog, you don't work fucking Sundays. It's the Lord's Day. You fly home. You you stab the wife. You hang <laughs> out with the fucking kids. You watch football, and you wake up sober, ready to take those kids to fucking school Monday morning. And I was like, yeah, wait. I do want to do drop-off on Monday. 
And so I canceled Sundays. But my Sundays used to be for the longest time. I'm talking like fuck, probably probably, you know, ten years maybe, was uh get up. Oh, I used to love doing this. Get up, uh work uh workout. Take my come in, set up my computer, my iPad, and my phone on my fantasy football and my picks, turn on the TV, watch the games, empty my suitcase, empty my backpack, and then repack everything perfectly. Sometimes, often do laundry that Sunday at the hotel. So one of the biggest fucking power moves as a comedian. Have one set of clothes you travel with and have that set of clothes in your bag. Have those clothes or your clothes that you travel with. So on Sunday, you go to the Hilton uh, fucking laundromat. Do all your laundry that day. Do all your laundry. Get your flying clothes ready. My flying clothes were a lot like my stage clothes. So I used to fly and perform in boots and jeans and T-shirts, sweatshirt, or whatever. But pack my entire bag so I'm ready for the next Wednesday. Organize my bag. Organize my backpack. I was the fucking greatest feeling in the world. Watch football. Walk around the room. Fuck, you know, like. Get go get subway, come back, eat half a sub, wait for it, and then do another workout at five o'clock at night before I went on stage. It's probably why I was much skinnier then than I am now. Do another workout at five o'clock at night, take a nap at some point, another workout at five o'clock at night, show at seven. Your whole room's packed. You come in, you're probably, and but the second I would have to head to the club, I was anxiety the whole time at the club. Whole like bubble guts, like bad the whole time at the club. The second they said, ladies and gentlemen, Burt Kreischer on Sunday, I remember going like, it just goes away. No anxiety on stage, in the moment, in the fucking moment. And uh, let me ask you this. The only, so the only time that doesn't work for me is when I'm late to the stage. What do you mean? I don't like being late. I don't like, like if I'm, give a fuck. <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm at the wrong door or the wrong entrance or something like that and they and they've said my name and I can't figure out the it 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 then it takes me like 5 minutes before I'm back to normal. Yeah, no no no. I uh so I don't know, I don't really care about that about being <laughs> like, on time. Uh-uh. Wow. I remember one time, I remember one time I said I forget who I was with. I was probably a, com- a comedian. Uh and I remember him saying, uh, just very casually, they can't start the show without me. And I went, oh, yeah, they can't. And I'm with you. So you can't, they can't start it until you get there. So I'm, I'm good. So I'm going to start worrying about sure. that. But I, I for, no, see, this, this might be the military, though. But it's like, mm. I'd, rather, I'd rather be an hour early than five minutes late. Well, that's, now, if you give me a, okay, that's, that's accurate. Because if I'm foreign at the store or if I'm the improv, I am, not the guy that shows up late to those. I've never once been late for a spot ever in my entire life. If it's my show on the road and everyone's stressing because it's 7.30 and the show starts at 8, I'm like, guys, everyone stop stressing. I don't need that energy. Oh, yeah. Like, I I, I know for a fact the show won't start until I get there, so we're good. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm bad with the store. If they go, like, sometimes you get spots at the store and they're like, hey, you're up in the main room. You know, you're doing Tripoli show. And I'd, you, I'd be like the day up going, what time is my spot? And he's like, you're going last on both shows. And then I was like, motherfucker. I was like, why not last at first? That would be great. Give me the fuck out. Oh, yeah. But like, but like, I need to know when I'm going out. Like, I, like, and then if, if you say I'm at 9, 10, 9, 30 or whatever, whatever at the store, I'll be there at 8 o'clock. 
I'm fucking weird yeah. about that. But if it's the store, I'll be there at nine ten because I know y'all are thirty minutes behind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So wait, so wait, how did so what was the leap from homeless to where we are today? Like what was the like Oh wow. How do you keep remembering where we left off? Because uh, because I'm because I don't know the story. Uh, no, I I, uh, I purposely didn't know the story. I didn't talk to Rachel today about it. Um, like that we were at a we had a team meeting. Oh yeah, I forgot Rachel's on your team. No, no, she's not on my team. She's I mean she's I've known Rachel for a while, but like we were in a team meeting and they were like and I was like, hey, I keep I, I just want to know like should I talk to Rachel about this and and get like a pre interview or, or do you think it's fine? And then they were like, well, we can get Rachel calling. I went no 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 no. I think it's better if you don't know something. To I gotta lose weight, man. I'm looking at pictures of myself when I was fat and I look skinny. I'm looking. I just look at pictures of myself in this fucking in this podcast. Oh, this will see. This will drive me nuts, Bert. What having pictures of myself? I'm what they call a soft narcissist. <laughs> I gotta even a real thing. Put a picture of Tom here. Oh yeah, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I uh, I who's in the bowl? It's me. Okay, it's me. We got uh, we're doing two bears one cave on uh, Wednesday. No, they um, the uh, I'm dealing with that now. Like we're, we're gonna see pictures of myself fat. Well, I can see, I can feel like my clothes. You don't look fat in the special. You look fantastic. You do. You look. Yeah, but look at that, and then if you look at my David Spade set, which was two year, a year and a half before that, uh-huh. it's night and day. B- bigger or smaller? Smaller. David Spade. Yeah, on Spade show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I gotta lift weights. But today. but. <clears throat> But okay, so how did I end up back from from homeless to what? How'd you get out of the homeless? Oh, so while I was working at the homeless shelter, how about this? How did you get out of homeless? And then shout out the I would go ahead. How you then? Don't let me forget shout out. Okay, shout out who? I don't know. We'll talk, we'll figure it out. Okay. When we get there. Um, I, I was like when you hear good things about like when you said that about Tom, that makes my heart swell because I know that we're good people. But people think comics are just all fucking pieces of shit, right? That's not like, true. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Jesus Trejo one time showed up at the store, and he had and Russell parked Russell Peters' car, and Russell Peters said something about his phone, and Jesus said, uh, "Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that." He was like, "Well, what about what do you edit it things on?" And he goes, "I don't edit anything. I don't, I don't have anything to edit." And he was like, "Well, wait, you have an iPad, or like an, a laptop or an iPad?" And he goes, "I don't have one of those." He's like, okay. And then the next day, he said, his assistant called Jesus and was like, go to the Mac store and get yourself a laptop. Russell's going to pay for it. And he did that. And and then for the ever, for the rest of my life, I, I never think of anything other than that first with Russell. And it, and it, and it proliferates. Because here's another thing. I don't know if Jesus wants me to talk about it, but fuck it. He'll, he'll be all right. But he's one. Of, he's he does that as well. He pays it forward. He. I remember one time talking to him like I needed to get headshots for something, and I was like, I don't fucking have this money or whatever. And he just walks up and just hands me money, like he he wasn't even in the conversation. He just heard me saying it to somebody else. Yeah. And then he walks up and was like, "Here's a little something. Don't need a trip." Yeah. You know, and it's like comic. All the best people I know are comics. I mean, all the worst people I know are comics too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but Leanne, the- Leanne's like that. I'm not like that. I don't think about other people sometimes. I mean, I think I th- I think I think about myself a lot, right? So we went to Calgary. We were going to Calgary. We were first beginning the tour. We go to Vancouver, Portland, and Calgary. Me and Jesus. Uh, uh, Portland, Seattle, Calgary, Vancouver. Me, Jesus, and Leanne. It's all on the tour bus. And you know Jesus. You, I, mean, I don't even tell you what he wore, but you know what he wore. 
Okay. Fucking let uh fucking uh jean jacket, jeans, black on black on black. Right. With a ble- black beanie. Calgary is minus 23. <laughs> Leanne's on the plane and she sees him and she's and you know, Leanne's is the sweetest person. She goes, Jesus, did you bring a winter jacket? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this. That's a good Jesus impression, by the way. <laughs> and he goes, right. and she goes, well, that's and, a good impression of Jesus doing an impression of his father. Yeah. <laughs> So we get on the plane. She goes, he needs a winter jacket. And I was like, I, baby, I'm not his parents. I'm not going to fucking dress the kid. <laughs> like, you fucking want to get him a jacket. Get him a fucking jacket, but I'm not doing shit. So she, we land, and she goes into the Patagonia store and buys Jesus a winter jacket and then comes out and gives it to him. I was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable by it because I was like, I don't know. It was a cool jacket, but I don't know. He didn't. Uh, he didn't pick it out. Maybe. Maybe she went in there with him. She might have gone in there with him. I don't remember how it worked. Why were you embarrassed? I just. I was like. I was like. I don't. I'm not. Like. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm not gonna buy man clothes. I don't know. It was just like weird. Because that's how Leanne works. What? Comics. Are, comics are very practical. Because I bet you when y'all when when y'all landed and he stepped outside the airport, he was like, I should have brought a fucking jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, Yeah, you should brought a red jacket. <laughs> but it's like that's the way. But but I I remember when she did that. I remember thinking of the uh, Russell Peters story and thinking, oh, cool. I'm married to someone as sweet as Russ, like as as thoughtful as Russell. I've never really done that for many comics, but like Tom's done it for you. And that's, I always think when you shout out comics like that and you tell the stories that they go, hey, don't tell anyone about this or whatever. Those are the ones that you should tell. Cause everyone's getting yeah. everyone's getting in trouble with jokes these days. But I understand it though, because part of it is like, first of all, I don't want people knowing i don't want people thinking that they can come ask me for stuff you know because it's like because like my reputation for being an asshole insulates me from people assuming oh. that i'll do stuff for them okay you know all right I mean? you ready for this i had someone go uh someone said to me and i, I don't want to make this sound too specific so that the person hears it but i but if they hear it i want them to understand it sushi sushi they said uh hey man i got i'm gonna I live in the city you're coming to. It's just a fan. This is not like a person I know very well. Um, I was I live in the city you're coming to, Chicago, Illinois. Or I'm not gonna say the real city because I don't want that person to know. Um, how about some free tickets and some backstage passes? Can't hurt to ask, right? And I went, no, it totally hurts to ask. It just hurt. It just hurt. <laughs> now I don't ever want to talk to you. Right. It just hurt to ask. It, you. That actually is the thing that hurts. Like I, I, I remember, it was in two texts. One was like, it was actually three, but it was like one was like, "Hey man, I live in the city you're coming to. Um, I saw you're gonna be here. It's so cool. I live here." And then I was like, "Oh cool. I would have given the guy tickets if they just said that." I would said, "Let me comp some tickets." And then they were like, um, "How about can how about hooking me up with some free tickets and some backstage passes, and with a joke, right? Like like." You know, I'm the number one killer in this town, whatever. You know, I'll oh, take yeah. you out. But also, that town, no one, there's multiple. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and then he was like, can't hurt to ask. And I was like, no, it just totally did. Mm-hmm. You totally fucked up me ever wanting to hang out with you because the way you treated me, and that's why I think sometimes people don't want to share good things they've done for people. Yeah. Because it's like. Because it's a, there's a thin line, right? Like, I, I because I look at comedy the same way where like, 
or just anything. There's always there's two tribes, main tri- tribes of people, and I hate to be like there's two kinds of people in the world, but it, but it's true. There there there's people that are mostly concerned with what they can contribute, and people mostly concerned with what they can extract. So I had this conversation with my dad this morning. You know, you man, you really you really drop dimes on people. Like, keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had this conversation with my dad today. Well, but dropping dimes is snitching. Is that what that is? Sorry. Yeah. No, dropping but I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah no, but it, it is. It's like people, so I I apply that to myself, not just art, the art world or whatever, but it's like when you're talking to somebody and they cross that line from being like, I love you and what you do to what can I get out of this? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take advantage of you a little bit right now. Because right. that's how I feel that's how I feel. Cause, you like, are. Cause I don't mind somebody wanting something. Yeah. You know, because that's unnatural. But it's like uh, do, is is what you want your main concern? Like what you can get out of me? Is that your main concern? Because that that is what turns me off. It's like obviously, you know, you're gonna want tickets or whatever, but you don't gotta say it. The first thing out your mouth. So how about some backstage passes? Let me give a shout out. You know, type in Cody No Love in uh, Instagram. Do you know who Cody No Love is? The fighter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody Garbert. Yeah, he... I mean, not Cody Garbert. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, Cody Garbert. He... This is what I love about a guy like this. So I I post that I'm in Vegas this weekend or last weekend. I follow the guy. He could DM me very easily. Okay. And say, hey, man, how about some free tickets? How about I come backstage? He's... Way more famous than I am. He's is he? Yeah, yeah, of course. He's got fucking what has he got? I haven't decided whether I like him or not. I need to know whether he gave himself the no love. Two point five million followers. He's a lot bigger online than I am. He's a lot more accomplished. There's a lot about him that that is definitely could could and would get not a blink from me. Like not a blink. If he said, "Hey man, I'm I'm going to be in Vegas," that's all he had to say. I I would have immediately been like, "Free tickets, come backstage," right? (laughs) Right. Uh, he could have said, hey, man, I'm going to be in Vegas, and I'd like free tickets. Free tickets are there. See, hey, man, I'm going to be in free tickets. And then I, want, I want tickets, and I want to come backstage. I'd be like, 100%, 100%. He, I, I, know, I saw it today, and it bummed me out. He goes, hey, I'm, we're coming to your show in Vegas. In my comments, just in my comments, we're coming to your show in Vegas. I didn't see it until today. And I was like, I was like, man, if I had known that, I would have. But that's who that person is, is he's not asking for free shit. Right. I, and that, you... You got, and that, that's fighters. Fighters are different. Fighters are really direct human beings. They they do not fuck around with bullshit. I think because they they deal with so much conflict daily. Yeah. But like fighters, if you don't reply to a text on a, from a fighter, have you ever gotten a cage fighter text you? No. And you don't reply, they let you know that they're not cool with that. Just don't reply once, and then they'll go, "Hey man, I just texted you and you didn't reply. Reply to me now." And you're like, "Oh, here I am, right there." That's not I'm not saying he did that. But like, what a fucking. Because they're they're very sensitive. I think they're I think they're just cool with confrontation. Right, right. They're, they're, I think they're 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 as sensitive as any other man, but they're more comfortable expressing it. Yeah. And they, and like you said, they're cool with confrontation. I think they're cool with just being like, "What's see?" That was the hardest part about for me for getting out of the military and going straight from that to corporate America was that you can't do that. You can't confront somebody aggressively. Really? Hell no. Hell no. If yeah. you people complain about wokeness and shit now, Intel was the wokest place I'd ever been in my life. And really? this was back in like 2000, this is like 2006 or something, when it was like 
super, super, super. Like, like I'm used to going. I'm used to be like, hey, Bert, why the fuck aren't you doing your job? Get over there and get the bullshit and get the fuck. Yeah. But at, but there you you have to be like, you'd have to like schedule a mediation, take a mediation course so you know how to properly mediate. Brenda. Yeah. Brenda. Get can a third. We talk to get you? a third party to uh to mediate the mediation, and then and it, you know this whole week long process just to be like you're not doing your fucking job. You know. It does really. I, I like the directness. Um, what was the first club you started working out? Wait, we, we never got. A, how did you get out of homeless? Um. Well, that, that, that so I, that was that, it. Lasted for two years, and and just a, a bunch of a bunch of kind of things happened. But mainly, they wanted me to. So there's like levels. There was like levels of privilege that you would have from based on what you were doing with your life. Yeah. And so the next level of privilege, you needed to have a job. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just had a visual of, and I, as I laughed, I realized that must've been very difficult, but like just a comic living in a shelter, just sitting on the couch all day, playing video games, going, no, no, I'm a comic. This is what I do for a living. But then I realized it must have been hard to get out at night. Exactly. Well, that's that's as a, I started to laugh, I went, that's, oh, that's probably not a joke at all. So the the the, the place had a curfew. Mm-hmm. But and so to to get up past the curfew and meet the job requirement, I had to prove that I was making enough money from comedy to, for it to count as a job so I could get the next privileges so I didn't have a curfew. Oh, oh man! So I so, would. Oh, I, I, not to interrupt, but I'm, I'm sorry. But so you don't have a problem? Do you have a problem with people telling you what to do? It depends on who they are. Because I, certain things rub me wrong, and like I have a problem with people telling me what to do. Like, like top to bottom, I have a rule: you either pay me or you fuck me. Then you can tell me what to do. If you pay me. You fuck me. <laughs> That's it. But if you don't do one of those like two Robin things, zero quote. But like, because because to earn privileges in a shelter, I'd imagine there would be a lot of times where you'd be biting your tongue or angry at the system you're in. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's what I was trying to tell you when you were asking me, like, what are the solutions? And I'm like, well, one of them is that the the price for being because here's the thing, ain't nothing free. Mm-hmm. So if the if the government is giving you somewhere free to live, the price is something else. Mm-hmm. You're giving up something else, and a lot of time the price is your dignity, your agency. You get you agree to be treated like a teenage girl instead of a grown ass man. You got a curfew. They decide when you eat, when you sleep, what your you know whether you what you're doing counts as a real job. You have to save X amount of money. You have to show them a bank statement every month, and and. And all that, and the problem is when you say that to the public, it all seems perfectly reasonable. It was like, yeah, well, we're, we're spending money on this, but at, but as a person in the situation, the way it feels, you feel you feel like you're not an adult, and and that's why a lot of homeless people choose the street over the shelters. So my fucking computer, uh-huh. um, sweet, yeah, holy so- shit, so. So yeah, I, I can I can understand that. I can understand that where you go, I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm being treated I don't feel like I'm being treated the way I want to feel like I'm being treated. Right. Like imagine when's the last time a stranger said, Bert, go to bed. <laughs> oh, 
if you consider you know? a bartender a stranger, it's a number of times. <laughs> Or about the, a number of or, strangers tell me to go to bed. Or somebody be like, hey, hey. or somebody be like, hey, Bert, if you're not back in the house in an hour, you're not gonna have nowhere to live. You know, or take this breathalyzer when you come back in the house. You couldn't do drugs or alcohol. Nope. She was stone sober. And me, well, me especially because my my advocate, who like works for me and the leader of the shelter, my advocate believed in my stand up because she watched my clips. But the lead, the guy running the shelter, didn't give a fuck. And so her deal with him was that I could do comedy till I fucked up. So I could stay out as late as I didn't have a curfew and I could sit as late as I wanted, but I had to take a breathalyzer as soon as I walked in the house. Couldn't do it. And I had to take a drug test every time one came around. So I was doing all of this extra shit so I could stay in this house. And so do you did you never broke the rules? I never broke the rules. Not until the very end when I realized that everyone was breaking the rules and I just didn't know because I was so locked in. Like I, I was so focused on comedy that I wasn't even, I didn't even bother to like really, really make friends with very many people or whatever. So I didn't know that everyone was breaking the rules. They just knew how. Really? Yeah. But yeah, I was there for most of the time. And then, um, and I got a job at the store as a door guy and that, that shut down all of the descent. But I got fired like within months. What do you mean? I got fired from the store. Why? After like, cause I was just always late. I wasn't always late. I was late three times. But, um, but the last time it was just it was it was when um, it was when Roast Battle first blew up, yeah, and they were filming the first thing from Comedy Central, and I just didn't show up. They, like they needed all hands on deck, yeah, because it was the first time, probably the first thing that had been filmed at the store in years. Oh, I bet. And they were like, "We need everybody," and I just didn't show up. I just overslept. Really? Yeah, man. I was on new medication. I had the bad sleep apnea. I was exhausted. And the, and the shelter made you do these, um, they made you, they call them group sessions, but there were four of them a day and they were two hours a piece. And depending on what level you were, you had to do X amount per week. And so what I would normally do is I would just stay up all night so I could catch the first one in the morning, do the next one and then go to sleep and wake up and leave. But something happened that night, like I'd started this new medication and I, and they wanted me to work a day that I normally didn't work. And I, so I stayed up all night, went to the first two, blah, 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 and I was going to stay up again. And I turned on my shower, and I, and I laid on my bed to wait for the water to get hot, and I, just, and I woke up like eight hours later. Really? Yeah, and I had like 40 missed calls. I'm like, where the fuck are you? And, and so they fired me after that. So how does that work if you get fired from the store? Can you still do stand-up there? Nope. You, you, you're banned from the premises for three months here in La Jolla. And you're banned from doing spots for six months. Really? Yeah. So I was banned from, and that shit feels bad. It doesn't. It's not a good feeling. But I ended up getting. So I was banned for six months, and then six months later, I got passed. Okay. Yeah. And that's and that is the moment shit turned the fuck around. The second you got passed, I got yeah. Six months later, I was so I I I won my settlement against the VA. I got like ten grand or something like that. What do you mean? How do you, what do you, how, what do you mean settlement? So like if you if you file a if you file any kind of claim with the VA, like say you you fuck your ankle up in the military or something, mm-hmm. and you file a claim, they they owe you money for that. And but it, they'll deny you. Like if you don't know what you're doing and you're by yourself, they'll deny you. Deny you. You got to keep trying, trying, trying. And this is like three, four years of me trying. And but but eventually, if you win the claim, what was your claim? Uh, we'll yeah. talk about it off yeah. the <laughs> But my 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 point is, if you win, they owe you back to when you file. Oh wow! Right. So they eventually gave me my shit, 
Um, and I was able to move out of the shelter. You got 10 grand? 10 grand, yeah. And I was able to move out of the shelter. And um, but here's but here's the fucked up shit. That didn't make it any easier to find somewhere to live. Right? Oh, yeah, because oh, because my wife used to run apartment rentals. Yeah, that it, because one, I'd had an eviction within like seven years, which is how I was home. I was home. Yeah. And then two, you're you're no income, you know, minimum uh-huh. wage, whatever. And then three, the you're a disabled veteran. So all of these renter landlords, they think you, you know, they think you got PTSD, Rambo, you're gonna wake up and murder them in the middle of the night. So and they're not allowed to ask you, but they still do. Yeah. You know, and so all those things combined just made it fucking impossible. And I mean you end up finding somewhere, but um Where did you find your first place? My first place was over on um God damn, you know, you know the spot. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the. You know the spot where there's, where there's a Gelson's by a Scientology castle. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Damn, you know, so yeah. That's so, good. That's good area. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. It was nice. It was a nice area. The house was I. Just sublet. No, I ain't sublet. I was on a lease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy was cool. He ended up dying of COVID. Oh. But he never fixed anything. That was the deal. It was like my rent was cheap, but the house was old. And you live there by yourself? No, no, no. There were four of us. And so, and so, do you have that moment where you get into your own bed in your own room for the first time with your own sheets and go, oh, oh yeah. Dude, I cried and I slept the best fucking sleep. And I just got in the machine, the sleep, the sleep yeah. machine. Man, it was like, I can't even explain it. I can't even explain how good it felt. I can't even explain, especially since like s- s- horrible shit had happened in this room before I moved in. This really? Yeah, yeah. What happened in that room? Well, I I don't want to tell the story because it ain't really my story to tell. Yeah. But but let's just say like there was a there was a crate like and I and listen I ain't saying this dismissively like women are crazy crazy no like a le- legitimately insane woman and man living in this room before me. Really? Yeah, like genuinely insane. And so, um, but again, it's not my whole story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I. Uh, You're good like that. I would have told the story. I would have been like, <laughs> this is my story to tell. And I'll tell it better than uh, they would have. Yeah, well, they, well, some people, they do what I do. So it's their story. You know what I mean? Oh, they're comics? They're storyteller. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So, but my point is, I, um, yeah, it felt great. Because I didn't give a fuck about any of that. It just felt great to not have to check in with nobody or get approval, smoke my weed where I sleep. What was your first? Was that was that your first? Oh, you you started breaking the rules towards the end, right towards the end, yeah, yeah. Because I found out that we actually live right up the street from like this this fake piss place. It was a it was a head shop, but they specialized in like all these ways to beat piss tests. Really? Yeah, and nobody bothered to clue me in. <laughs> um, to the homie Passmore clued me in, but yeah. So I think I may maybe while I was in the shelter, I might have smoked weed like the last like month. Wow. So <laughs> so then, so you get fired from the store, you get your place, you fucking. Then I found out I got passed. Then you find out you get passed right after I'm in my new place. Then, then I'm at. A, a brewery show that Fury is running. Yeah. And the headliner dropped out. 
and they asked me to do extra time. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna do extra time. Let me do, I, I need to do at least 30. He was like, do 30 through 40, whatever. I'm like, all right. And Rachel was there with Alex. Oh, wow. And they're just there. I forget what they were there for, but she sees me do 40, 40 minutes off the top. And she's like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, blah, blah, blah. She finds out I don't have representation and boom. So she, so then, you know, she didn't rep me immediately. I, th- I think it was like maybe like six, seven months after that. But she was like, yeah, I'm going yeah, to rep you. Let's see All you know. got to do is pop on someone's radar once. Yeah. And so then, you know, we had our little first meeting and it was awesome. And then maybe six months later, seven months later, I found out I'm going to be on Spade. Really? And then that, and then thank, shout out David Spade. That shit popped off. Like it just it going on YouTube changed everything because it it's not like I immediately got a million fan fan base, yeah. but it was that now there was something that was it wasn't just a tape, you know what I'm saying? It was a it was a, it was high quality comedy, uncensored, unedited. Because yeah. I was thinking the Spade people they ain't tell me they ain't say shit about what I could say or not say, yeah, you know. And so it was unedited on YouTube and attached to a celebrity's name. And, and David Spade's a great celebrity. Yeah, yeah, and everyone loves... Somehow this motherfucker's managed to make it in Hollywood for this long with no accusations. No, well, he's, he's, he's dated all these hot-ass people. Well, he's a good... I, I, Spade's, Spade's a very sweet guy. Like, and yeah. It's, thoughtful. It takes, it's, yeah, he's thoughtful. Yeah. It, it, it takes away from what you think of the person. But like Norm MacDonald, very, very sweet person. Yeah. Like a sweet... A sweet's the wrong word maybe, but like just like no, fucking just, just caring, thoughtful, just thoughtful. present. Present and thoughtful. Same like, with Spade. Like Spade will still to this day. Like when I message him, he'll message me back in a because the first time I messaged him, I was like, "Is this you or is this one of your fucking assistants?" So since then, he messages me in voice memos, so I know it's him. You know. Here. Uh oh. Oh no! I was gonna play. I got. I got a. I got a Spade one. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, his his voice. Memo. By the way, these voice memos don't go anywhere. No. They stay there. Yeah. I got a fucking Spade leaves good ones too. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna play your shit, Spade. Okay, I'm not gonna play your shit. I will tell you what, I will play it, and unless you come do the podcast, he's like, the, no, he he leaves he leaves like funny yeah, ones. You like, about to get the one, Bertha. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, but that the- but that cracked that made it so that industry people could watch it, and then the next the, literally the next morning I woke up and I had and you know. And, so many people were trying to get a hold of me or see if I had representation and this and that. Yeah. And then it all just went, it all just kind of opened up from there. Then I had a thing with, um, actually, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it now still. Uh But so then I had about like sushi. (laughs) Right, right. So so then I had a thing where I was in, in a position where I could possibly get, um, a special yeah and that and that thing ended up having to go on hiatus uh i know what you're talking about because of the pandemic right actually i think i know exactly what you're talking about and you probably said no to it no 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 and, no I, I think i know what you're talking about yeah and so I think the, did shane torres have the same thing yes yeah i know yeah. what you're talking about and so so that ended up going on hiatus because of the pandemic um and over that course of the time i um I, you know, I taken every meeting, meetings from every production place and all of this. Yeah. And then, um, and I'm sure I'm leaving something out. Then, then I had um, 
but then I was like, okay, I'm locked in. As soon as I can get vaccinated, I'm hitting the fucking road. I'm putting this hour on tape and we giving it to everybody to see who goes. Yeah. And I did that. And I got I got the perfect tape in Philly. Helium? And, yeah. And That's then I, no, not helium. Bro. Um uh the Live Nation one. Punchline. Punchline, yeah. So then I then I went, then I went and did um uh oh no, then just for laughs is coming up. This is post pandemic, just for like or pandemic, just for last, and it just happened to be the same week that LA was like relaxing restrictions. Yeah, and then everybody was there, man. The whole industry was there from all the networks, everybody, and Netflix was there. And the next morning, they gave me the half hour. Man, it's it was. I I, I got to be honest with you. It was a a monster half hour. Thank you, thank you. It's a monster half hour. Now the the hour has to live up to the hype, right? I mean, well, I mean, you know, I, 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 we'll talk after that. We'll talk after because I have a, I have a lot of notes about hours, how they should be done. You know, about like yeah, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of I have I have some applicable insights into um into um into the hours at Netflix because I you know this is my third for third. For Netflix. For Netflix. Well, this, is your, this will be your fifth, right? It's my fifth special, yeah. Okay. But I, I didn't know what I was doing at first. The first two, I first two, I take that back. I first, the first one, I did not know what I was doing at all. The second one, I knew how to do an hour. Secret time, I, I secret time, I knew how to do a Netflix hour. Oh, wait a minute. So make that distinction from, oh, you want to talk about that afterwards? I'll talk about it afterwards because, I mean, Netflix will, you know, but secret time, Secret Time performed pretty well, uh, but performed pretty well in like the um, in the retention. And it's really important to retain audience members. For, you mean from the beginning of the special to the end? Yeah. Oh. And like and like the amount of people that turn it on, and then the amount of people that bail out at like fifteen minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, versus the amount of people that watch your entire special. My retention was pretty insane, but but I'd I'd engineered it that way uh on purpose on purpose yeah on purpose i told i told netflix that and then and then uh and they were like f- kind of fascinated by it they were like that are you being serious and i was like yeah it's bird dog season this is not a bird dog this is a dumb dog uh bird dog came out with joggers let me tell you something these things are fucking awesome they've got the inseam that is super comfortable so for me an inseam is important because if i want to do anything physical i need that inseam in there I used to throw on the bird dog. I still throw on the bird dog shorts in the summer. You can work out, go swimming in the lake, barbecue, look nice and clean and neat. But now these joggers have taken over golf for me. These are the joggers I throw on to play golf. They look fantastic. Flying, this is all I fly in is my bird dog joggers. These are the must-have pants of the summer. And, and, and I'm telling you, these are the one pair of pants you need and you will never take off. I absolutely love my bird dogs, and I'm obsessed with these joggers. Go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code BERT, and they're going to throw in a free bird dogs whistle tip football. That's birddogs.com and the promo code BERT, and boom, a free bird dogs football with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. When I started losing my hair, there were some holistic options to fix your hair loss that just didn't work. To be dead honest with you, they didn't work, and that's why I went to the pharmaceutical shit. Well, now there's a holistic solution for men that promotes healthier hair 
and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. That's right. I'm talking about Nutrafol. Nutrafol is awesome. I got two pill bottles of it the other day. I already feel the results in my body. These are full body vitamins practically. Mac, Jesus Christ. Come on, get out of here, buddy. Did you know that there are five root causes for thinning hair? Nutrafol is the hair supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, and environmental factors that may be impacting your hair. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. That is the most important one. Visible scalp coverage. Without compromise, 21 potent natural ingredients support sex drive, better sleep, and less stress, which will all also promote fucking healthier hair. In clinical studies, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. I'm at two months right now. Neutral is also trusted and recommended by more than 1,500 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BERTCAST to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's avail- it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and the promo code is BERTCAST. So shout out to, you wanted to go back to... Shout out to, let's shout out to comics who are great people. Yeah. Because like, you, you probably interacted with more comics. I, I have, like Tom Papa, a solid person top to bottom. You see him at a restaurant with his family. He'll get up from the table, come over and shake your hand, say hello. You know, Tom Papa is like one of the fucking great guys. Yeah. You know? He's a great. He's the first comic that I ever saw that didn't. So, so man, I spent the first five years of my comedy working the door at the yeah. club. And he's the first comic I ever saw live that said he didn't need a light that actually literally did not need a light you know why right because he's been doing the same hour for 50 years or no 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 seinfeld Se- what does seinfeld have to do with it? so seinfeld there's a story out there i'm sure someone's told it if i'm telling it out of school i apologize but seinfeld's very strict about no lights no clocks on stage i don't know why no one can tell you have a fucking clock on stage Oh, that seems like a dick move. So he, you can't look at your watch and see where you're at in your set. You can't be like, oh, interesting. You just got to do your set. And someone worked with him. <laughs> it went long by like two minutes. And Seinfeld kind of lost his shit and was like, hey, man, you don't know your act? And he's like, what do you mean you don't know your act? He's like, you should know what 15 minutes feels like. 15 minutes is we all have 15 minutes you know you're 15 minutes you do yeah and 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 seinfeld's not totally wrong you, i'll tell you what you may not know your 15 minutes but you know when you're going long right 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 you, <laughs> and you, you know when you're going short yeah you know when you've been on stage for 15 minutes you know when you've been on like you've yeah. been doing this long enough you know when you've been on stage 15 minutes and so tom papa's been working at seinfeld for like fucking 20 years tom papa you could tell Tom Papa to do 48 minutes. And he would do it. And he'd, you'd watch him in the middle go, <laughs> can I get a glass of water? Thank you. Anyway, and like just to time it out perfectly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Papa's a fucking savage. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's an expert for sure. Yeah, Tom Papa's great. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try to think because I I started David Tell. Most pe- most people are great. Like the okay. yeah, that's the crazy thing is most comics are great. Because here's here's the thing too, C- comedy is the only art form where the people at the top are lumped in with the people at the bottom when when the, when the art form is being judged. You know what I'm saying? That's like, interesting. Like, you say that. It's like you don't you don't take like they don't take like Picasso and judge him and Rembrandt and all these other people along with all the kids in kindergarten that are finger painting this shit. And with the guy that made the Exxon sign. Right, And right. with the guy like, that made the fucking like comedy, Gap like, logo. We take the worst bottom of the lowest common denominator comics and lump it in with the people that are at the top and go, all comedy is this. You, you want know? another Kool-Aid beer? Um, no, I'll take more whiskey, though. Do we have more whiskey back here, Halston? Oh, of course we do. Oh, grab that prideful goat. You haven't you ever had Angel's Envy? No. They gave that shit to me in Nyack. It was amazing. Because they were out of Buffalo Trace. That's my this shit. This is called Pride, the Prideful Goat. This guy. Can we get some more ice too? Is that is that too much? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Um, this is called the Prideful Goat. This guy was a great guy out of Texas, I think. Um, and if you want to do a whiskey tasting, he did one with Tom. Yeah. And they're fucking awesome. What do they have with that? They got bacon there? They've got hello, woman. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, Halston's a um, little bit of a I'm, pussy. I'm also drunk, so I don't know if I'm hot or not. Um, the uh, Hey, we need to fix that ice maker, baby doll. Okay. Oh, for real? Um, Hi, Leanne. Leanne, this is Brian. Brian. Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Of yours. No, of yours. <laughs> uh, I actually know more about you from where my mom's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the only episodes I watch. Don't tell her, Christina. The microphone so that people can hear you. Oh, sorry, um, sorry, sorry. Brian guest hosted Two Bears, One Cave. Andrew and I were listening to it. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't want to retell your story, but it was one of the hardest I've laughed in a long time. You and Felipe Esparza were like my favorite. <laughs> we were Because we were in Serbia and they were guest hosts. And, I, and, and Tom didn't tell me he was guest hosting. So we get in the car in the morning. It would be like, our Monday morning had already happened here, I think. Maybe it was our Tuesday morning. And uh, he told a story about this, uh, I'll just say, a special needs kid who heckled him on stage. Yeah, right, right. right. And, and we were crying fucking laughing. That's crying. awesome. I'll have to listen to it. Brian has got one of the most amazing stories in comedy that you've ever fucking heard. Oh, yeah? And I think I've been pretty good, Halston. I have not over-talked over him too much. And I'm letting him tell his story. And it's... Uh, does Halston give you a letter grade? Halston's like, Halston's pretty honest. He's like, no, there's a lot of you in that one, Bert. Aww. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll summarize foster care at six, uh, military, uh, homeless, uh, Netflix special. Wow. That's, that's, yeah, I told your story so much faster yeah, than you did. I'm, that's, what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm gonna start doing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Military, homeless, Netflix. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, and Shazam, right. I'm here. Thank you, boss. Oh, that's awesome. Like, okay, so I don't gotta keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I grab a? Will you grab me one of those Kool Aid beers? <laughs> so this, um, yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. dude trips. You ever have him on camera? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. Because when he meets me, when he met me at the front gate, I thought he was your security guard. <laughs> because his 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 not smiling face is yeah like you talk about resting bitch face he's got like <laughs> resting mafia face oh, you should man, you dude. should hear you should hear 
he is uh he is the last person you want to walk in back try to sneak in backstage oh. or like not wear a mask in front of oh my god andrew holds a set of rules that when we're on the road and it is fucking it is to a t is perfect yeah, his hello to me was very was, direct it was basically it was basically like hello welcome don't make me have to fuck you up <laughs> andrew and he's like, Andrew. Well, no, he didn't say those words, but yeah, yeah. that he was the vi- that was the vibe. Was right, like, right. no, I, I will fuck you up if I have to, but I don't want I don't want to. Yeah, Andrew is uh Andrew's actually fantastic when was with but he's not you're not like Wait that. That's not who how, you are. How are you here? Wait, is this your actual house? Me? Yeah, our actual house. Oh wow. Yeah, Corey, I live how here. do you do that? Yeah, no yeah. one does that. You know it's so funny? I, I think it was a mistake. <laughs> I do too actually when we it was a great idea because he wanted to be able to walk to work I think we maybe should have bought something a couple doors down yeah walk down there but that's okay because because then because doesn't it limit who you can have on it does it does there's certain people I'm not, I don't trust right right like there's certain people that have hit me up to be on the podcast and I go I actually I don't I don't know you and I don't know I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know anybody that knows you. Yeah, and so I, I don't want you to know where I live or how to get into my house or you know, it was a mistake. But uh, but uh, but it's been great for like it's been great for it 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 insulates who I can have on. I can have comics that I know that I see all the time that I tell you where I live anyway. You know, right, right, right. Hey, we're gonna go on tour. Come over to my house. The bus leaves from here anyway. So um, but uh, but yeah, and it's great for Leanne because Leanne does hers with her friend and her studio's right there. Um, the other thing I don't that like. Is dope. The other thing I don't That's like. Nice. I don't like. Uh, I'm not. The coolest thing about the old Burt cast is that it was done in our man cave in our backyard, and our house was extremely modest. It was, a, by the way, don't get me wrong, it was an expensive house. Yeah. It's like a million dollar house, but it didn't look like a million dollar house. Mm. It looked like a two hundred fifty thousand so dollars. Have, have you ever thought about having a thing where, like, you have people dropped off nearby, and then you put a bag over their head and have, <laughs> have, have, them, have them driven here? I like the way you're thinking. That's a good, good yeah. process. Thought yeah. process, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, but and but I. Can, I, you, yeah. can you cook? Can I cook? Like, what? Sh- do you have like a specialty? Yeah, I cook I, southern food. Yeah, like, like chicken fried steak, gravy uh, biscuit, that kind of stuff. Steak, she fucks up chicken fried. But steak. don't ask me to cook something like sophisticated, uh, no pasta no, dish. steak. If you can make up. a steak. Yep, she her country fried steak, chicken fried steak. She does every Christmas Eve. Joey Diaz did not miss one his entire fucking time. No. That's what I want. You know, Leanne, we were talking about how you have until recently refused to fly first class. Yeah. Or private jet. Yeah, yeah. What's that I don't about? think you've ever been in a private jet, have you? I have never been in a private jet. It, it was um, it important to you to never be in one? Oh, I don't know that it's important for me to never be in one. I just don't see the necessity to spend that much money to get me from A to B. I, I'm not a big, you know, Bert's a lot taller than me. He's never been comfortable in coach, like sit physically comfortable. Uh, I got no problem in coach. I, I don't care who I'm sitting next to. I don't need to be served food. I don't drink alcohol on a flight, so I don't need that. So I don't see the need. Like, it's not necessary for me. Um, I just assume fly coach and save the money. Uh, she done, right. That's how she feels with private. Spend the money on something else. Spend the money on something that it doesn't go away as so soon it, as you so it's, it's not even about being frugal. It's just not being wasteful. It's about not being wasteful, and it's just about kind of like weighing what's important, sort of. For me, that's totally not important. I could give 
two shits if I ever get on a private what, what are, jet. What, what are we interrupting right now? Like, what were you doing before you? I was breaking down cardboard boxes. Oh, <laughs> super she's, exciting. So she's like a, she's like a, a real. I say Lowland Scott. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but it's a Lowland Scott mentality of like, if you don't work from the second you get up until the second you go to sleep, then you've wasted your day. Now, now also, and I and I'm saying this respectfully. It's not work smarter, it's work harder. It's not... Sometimes. Some, sometimes sometimes. That was smarter. my big co- complaint with her, was that she has so many more talents than, than breaking down, breaking cardboard, down boxes. cardboard boxes. But I don't have anybody else to break down the cardboard boxes. So if I don't do her it, brain is it don't get brain. done. And you, feel, and you feel like a maid is a waste of money. I don't feel like a, way, a maid is a waste of money, but people I live with don't like people in our house that aren't our family. Oh, well, so, well, I'm like that too. So then I can't have a maid because and by the I can't way, I'm not the only person. House. I'm not the only person. So can um, we can we hire a cousin? <laughs> well, we got we, we have, have a cousin. We have one cousin <laughs> He's on getting nice and and giving you the rest in bitch face. Hello. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that makes, that no, makes sense. She she is she is someone who goes from the second she wakes up until until and literally honestly and I'm not Dude, even that joking. Com- that comes from growing up. You grew up on a farm. I did. Dude, yeah. I was in the Marine Corps with a motherfucker like this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but he was our, he was our radar staff sergeant. And this this dude would, he would eat lunch. So we had, we had an hour lunch. He would eat his lunch in 15 minutes, standing up, and go mm-hmm. right back to work. That's, yeah. yeah. That's Leanne. That's yeah, Leanne ate her lunch standing up today. I yeah. did. She I ate did. her lunch standing up today. I ate my lunch today. standing up most I've, days because I've never... I, and doing something else at the same time. It is, you're right, because when you have a farm, there's just too much to do. You're never caught up, yeah. ever. You can never catch up and work. And so never. they all have this mentality of like, there's something to be doing. Yeah. If you can lean, you can clean. That's yeah. right. That's right. Right. That's, that is Leanne. To <laughs> and also thing. along the same lines of the air of the flight, I don't break boxes down every day. So I can't justify having an employee that breaks down boxes because I don't need that every day. So, but then like, if I had like a half a more of me, I'd have a much easier life. That should be a, that should be, we should put that in the job. So let me ask you this. Is your biggest arguments with your, with your daughters is that you, because, sorry. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. So let me ask you this, Leanne. Yes. It, because people I know that are like you that like hard work every day. All the, mm-hmm. Is your biggest point of contention with your daughters, like your biggest fear is that they'll be lazy. Yeah. And But also because they aren't growing up with the hardships you did, mm-hmm. they're all, they are. They are yeah, they're, yeah. Well, they're going to be lazy in relation to you. In relation to me. But I'm lazy in relation to my dad. Well, right? right? Right, right. So, but what I've tried to do with my kids is to teach them more balance than I have naturally. I don't naturally have a lot of balance. I don't do self-care well at all. So I've been trying to allow them to do that for themselves and still have chores and still have responsibilities and kind of make it half and half because I know that my way is not necessarily healthy entirely, but it works for me because I can't seem to change it. I have no motivation to change it. Well, it's too late now. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. in 52 this yeah, year. So, late. and you know, we have a great life partly because of that work ethic. I mean, right. I work as hard as Bert does behind the scenes, you know, as I work as hard as he does in front. 
Um, so, so I don't know. It's a hard call. I do feel like my kids are going to be lazier, but I also feel like they're not going to have to learn some of the shit I had to learn. Right, right, right. They it's already like, got it's it. It's like you, we create, we do all this work to create a better world, which makes our kids softer. Yes. But then it bothers us how soft they are. Yes, it's very true. <laughs> you know? Yes, it bothers yeah. me how soft they are sometimes and how they, as much as they've been exposed to so much in L.A., there's so much they haven't been exposed to by not being in L.A. Do you know uh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like when you go, we go back to my dad's every summer for two weeks and they're hanging. This is one thing I'm really happy that we did. They hang out with my cousins who like wear no shirts and a gun on their belt and just walk around. That's, that's what you do because <laughs> snakes come up and you got to shoot them. You they, know? they put them to work? They like hey, they don't hey, put them to them work. Oh, for real? No, they they actually work for them because we do this big river float every year, and my cousins just get everything ready and put those princesses in the boat and just fly. fly. Oh, that's fine. It's really sweet, but yeah. I wanted them to see something different than what they have here. And uh, we went to Montana, and we went to this um, supermarket that had all this taxidermy in it, and my kids were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what is?" This and they were appalled, and I was like, "Oh no, no! This is how." Were they mad? Were they, were they mad that the animals were dead, or that they were on the wall? That both. Oh, both. And I was like, "You don't understand the hunting mentality." Why? I ho- I'm glad we don't understand that growing up in LA. That'd probably be a problem. Yeah, um, it was like but, we killed it. Yeah, yeah. You but they probably put- ate it. So right. it's a different. You know, they don't just kill it and put it on the wall. Most of them, they kill and eat it. There are some poses out here like that too. Oh, well, absolutely. Like, I just buy the skull and put it on the wall because I'm a loser. I was at somebody's house who said, I think I'm going to decorate this whole room in taxidermy. And I looked at her and went, wow. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean decorate? <laughs> That's what I said. Right. These are like trophies. Is somebody worked for that and probably ate what was, you know, you don't see. I don't know. It's a different way. It different is. Way. Are you back, Bert? I'm back. I'm watching the show. It's pretty great. Oh, oh you were watching the show? <laughs> no, because Le- Leanne fascinates me for some reason. She's an interesting person. Well, that's here. very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. She's a well, person. Well, she. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I think you like about her is the same shit that you, when you discovered your voice in the military, is that I'm going to say the shit that you're not supposed to say, and that's right. and that's kind of like, kind of like Leanne. Where I remember when we were doing Sober October, and then her and Push were doing the uh, podcast. So over October, yeah. I remember being like, "Hey, what what the fuck did you say?" She was like, I was just telling you how I felt. And I was like, you're not supposed to say that shit. <laughs> yeah, but how many times has someone had that conversation with you? Oh, nonstop. I mean, she had <laughs> right. a podcast one time. I was like, you got to pull that down immediately. Like, that's fucking horrific. I don't it's- know. I don't I have a hard time filtering. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how you That's how you stay married to a comedian. Yes. Yeah. For decades. Well, yeah. I, I, we were talking. So, you know, he just did his... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll give everyone credit. I apologize. I just celebrated you. Him, Mark Norman. Um uh blackdress on twitter um, on instagram uh, naomi epscarian naomi yeah uh, janelle james janelle james um melissa, and melissa b senor and dusty slay and dusty slay i have to work with dusty yeah. um they all did half hours on, on specials netflix? on netflix, netflix. yeah congrats thank you yeah that's awesome and uh they were all awesome and by the way open invite to any of them that ever want to be on my podcast i celebrate you guys the same dude i would love to see naomi on your podcast um, <laughs> yeah oh, i would love to i follow all of them on instagram now and yeah. so but uh god damn it what was that about? oh no janelle james bros you you would have a blast with her i, got, I would love to have any of them on my podcast i would love to yeah. i love hanging out with comics 
But the thing I was saying is the thing we were talking about editing specials and, and how you write the material and you edit yourself and you go through. And I said, it's super easy because I just get Leanne. And, and I said, we were doing this right before you walk in. Mm-hmm, we were. Is, is Leanne just goes through. She watches my set and just, she's just like, it's like literally like, this is stupid. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's pretty blunt. She's not like you're a fucking moron, but she's like, this is long. It's, 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 it's exhausting. Just get to the fucking point. Just fucking wrap it up. Like, you're, yeah. you're talking too much. Like, just say the thing. You make me sound terrible, you, but, no, no, but that is actually no, what I. Every every comic, every comic <laughs> needs terrible. that. You need that. You the need comics someone. that don't have it are fucking exhausting yeah. to watch. Because, because here's the thing: I bet you don't only get it from Leanne. Like, you get it from Tom. You, oh, like, you get it. From, the people that love you the most are the ones that can, and and because they have they have to love you and be familiar enough with your material. But also know you well enough to be honest with you about it, because right. my closest friends, when I get off stage, the, the the first thing they have is criticisms. They go, "Yeah, you you went too long. You left out this tag. You used to say it this way, mm. and you need that." I mean, I don't at least because I'm I'm a, I'm obviously I'm a baby in the game compared to you, but I'm just imagining that I'll need that forever. Oh, you need it forever. I, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about what it'll be like to not have it. But you know what I think that is that's really important? I know this is true for Bert, is you don't have an ego about it. You just are about the art of it, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, So for if sure. you're in it for the art of it, then you do need that person. You can't have an ego about it because- if not you have to, an not ego to, about it, that'll totally screw you I mean, up. I'm agreeing with you, and I didn't mean to speak over you, but I'm, okay. I'm, I have a hard time listening to people talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been married to you a long time, babe. But like once your ego gets involved, you're fucked. Now there's a difference between your ego and your common sense. Like I have common sense about certain bits where people would say, I remember Judy, my manager for a very long time now, hated a bit I did uh, and hated that I said motherfucker as much as I said it. And I was like, motherfuckers might be my favorite word ever. And she was like, it's just, it's exhausting. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting rid of motherfucker. I love motherfucker. This motherfucker, that motherfucker, I love it. So I was like, I'll just tone down some motherfucker, but I'm not getting rid of that bit because I think the bits, it was a bit about you giving birth. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite bits to this day. Mm-hmm. Ooh, who's ready for a baby girl? Yeah. I'm ready. I, like, I love that bit. Yeah. Remember the bit? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Gray. Stephen Gray was his name. Greg. Greg. I always say Gray. Maybe. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, he was a Jamaican doctor. He delivered Georgia. And, uh, and he... <laughs> He uh, he came in and he goes, "Ooh, who's ready for a baby girl?" I'll never forget. It was a, it's a, I remember the bit because it's a true story. And I go, "I'm ready for a baby girl." <laughs> like, and then he gave her an episiotomy, and I didn't know what that was. I thought we were ordering Italian food. What is that? Food. It's when they <laughs> they cut the skin between your vagina and your and your asshole. and your taint. Yeah, your, uh, yeah. Oh, so they that, turn your taint into a tizzent. Oh, it's yeah. so you don't tear. Because if you tear, oh, they tear you one way so you don't tear the other way. That's well, they tear you one way because it's easier to stitch up a clean slice than it is a tear, which is jagged. Oh, I thought they just didn't want to damage the clit. No, the clit's all the way at the top. Right. So yeah. I, I was like, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, they tear the other way so it doesn't tear the other no, way. No, it won't tear up. It's not going to tear up the belly tear button. Down. Oh, okay. I don't know enough about oh, the tear down. My favorite fucking clip I've ever had on. No, no, it can tear up to the tits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like. Ah! Like a big zipper, just whoosh, it goes, right up. It goes fucking full alien, and it comes out the stomach. No. And so he goes, who's ready for an episiotomy? And I'm like, I'm ready for an episiotomy. I thought we were ordering Italian food. He was like, and then he grabbed a pair of scissors, snipped it, and I watched it turn into a shark's mouth. Just oh. raw. And I went, 
And I and I hit. I said to him, I said, "This is all. By the way, this is not. This is part of the bit, but it's not at all exaggerated." I go, "Are we? Are we putting that back together? Because this isn't fitting in that." And he started laughing. He goes, "Don't worry, boy. Don't worry, boy." And I said, "Do you want to? Do you want to take a take a look at my shit, or are we just going to ballpark this on a handshake?" Was that? Really- <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, you were trying to make sure. Yeah, I was like, he I was, was like, being yeah. all funny as I was freaking being ripped in, to shreds. And-, and were you in pain, or were they they, they numbed oh, you up? Oh, you don't even know oh, this about is my so delivery. Bad. Oh, this it is was so bad. bad. Do you want to hear how? So I do this thing called stealing thunder, where I just where I I make the moment about me. Right, I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's drawing focus. I'm glad that you gave it a nickname though. Uh, my my director for uh, the machine, Peter Atencio, says. You, when you walk into a room, your need is to draw focus. Like you want the camera, meaning just in regular life, pretend there's a camera in a room. When I walk in a room, I want to make sure the camera man goes, yeah. who's this guy? You're like, a, you're like, you're like Thor's stepbrother. You know, you just, yeah. <laughs> Loki. the thunder isn't yours. You just take it. Yeah. And so I, uh, so when she gave birth, I started crying. Uh, I started crying so aggressively. I cut the umbilical cord. The anesthesiologist grabbed my camera and started taking pictures of me crying with Georgia and cutting the umbilical cord, and then I had it, and then I was holding her. The anesthesiologist was crying. The nurses were crying. Dr. Greg was crying. We were all sitting there together, and he goes, let's go show her to Grandpa, huh? And I said, yeah. And so we took Georgia, and we walked out of the room. We turned the lights out. Leanne is sitting in a puddle of piss and shit in the dark, just being stitched up, shivering, going, I'm still in here. I walked oh everyone out of the room. God. And we sat in the receiving room for for Leanne. Leanne's receiving room, the room she would be sitting in. We sat They're with They're receiving me in that room. Receiving was for me. <laughs> but I we was sat not with received. Georgia and my parents and my sisters. My dad. Her dad. And, and my aunt. Like, my aunt, who was a labor and delivery nurse, was like, where is she? What are they she? waiting on? Why is she on? taking so you long? You know what happened? Shift change happened. And when the nurses went out with him, they didn't come back in. They turned the lights out. And they when I went back into me, that room. left me there. When I went back into that room, it was pitch black. She was shivering. She was in <laughs> shock. She would just given birth. And she was like, get someone, get somebody to get me. I was like this. <laughs> I couldn't, I, because they'd botched my epidural. So I was totally paralyzed. And then I'd go straight from like full paralyzation to full, full pain. Feeling everything. Feeling everything. And then they give me more. It is for three hours. I push for three and a half hours doing that while vomiting. So every time they'd give me the epidural, it would make me vomit because it, I was, it, they were in my spinal cord. So I'm vomiting, vomiting, pushing. I can't feel anything. And then I'm in total pain. Shitting, pissing. I was shitting, pissing. exhausted. Georgia they just shit. When would they not birth, turn. They just shit. They just shit. I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't yeah, know it either. I, I, don't, yeah, I didn't know out. it either. It was going they on. I didn't out, know it. And all of a sudden she starts growing a tail. I'm like, oh, is this normal? Do you want to take her blood pressure? So wow. by the time I'd had her, um, my whole body soul psyche was like a complete disaster so oh, i was wrecked. just physically like shaking like so violently and my aunt told me later she was a labor and delivery nurse she was like that was because of the epidural because they'd screwed it was up was it too strong it was because well they, they missed her they, spinal column they pierced my spinal column so they went through the epidurus of my spine and went, so they went into too far. so i was leaking spinal fluid a little bit and uh. they went too far so then they couldn't regulate how my body reacted to the epidural. So I would just go total paralyzed and then 
and it was awful. So yeah, they left me there for 30, for 30 minutes. And finally, uh, the nurse came back in and was like, what are you doing in here? I'm like, well, I can't exactly get up and leave. I mean, help me. So they rolled me into the receiving room. Finally, I think my Diane sent them to look for me. Like, where I is she? I went and looked. I thought I found you. Damn. My memories, my memory is always better I don't when know. I tell So it. where's the baby this whole time? Uh, oh, I was, I was like, she's driving home. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Georgia was with us. So when you have a baby, you got to take it. Uh, you get it. They do a bunch of tests. They give it a bunch of shots. They do a bunch of tests. They take some blood. They clean it. And so they need a parent to go with it. Dad usually goes with them for that. And so I did that. I did that with all of her. And then uh, my whole family was in the receiving room. So I was doing that with that, with Georgia, crying obsessively, cr just sobbing, crying because I was brand new dad. And then I brought her into the room. I carried her in. No, I think they probably sure I didn't carry her. They rolled her in the room. But and we sat there with her and everyone met her and we sat there and I was like, they had a good old time a while I time. sat and shit and pissed and, and shivered. Like, Where the fuck is Leanne? <laughs> my buddy Croy and Cayman were in there. It like may everyone. be the story of my entire marriage. Yeah. <laughs> they all had a good time and I said, How long did it take before you stopped being upset about that? Oh, fucking. Let me about answer that what? About being left in the room. Fucking I, I would have been furious. Like, I was so very upset. Yeah. But, but you know what happens when you have a spinal is that you have an after effect for about 10 days. You have like the most excruciating headache. Like they gave me Vicodin and went, don't skip a pill. You're not, you can't sit upright. Like I would walk to the bathroom and hear myself almost out of body whimpering because I was in so much pain, because what happens when you have a spinal is your spinal fluid leaks out of your spine a little bit, and that's what protects your brain from your skull. So, like, it's mm. like removing your cartilage out of your knee. So now right. you don't have it. It's like brain on skull. And it's, it's... It takes like 10 days for that fluid to regenerate. So I... I was, I don't think I fucking processed it because I was immediately in so much pain for like 10 days. Thank God my aunt stayed with us because she'd just bring me the baby, I'd feed her, and then she'd take her back. <laughs> I didn't see her for days. Jeez. It was awful. I was on the road. I was working with David Tell. What you were still on the road? He was David on Tell, the road. son. You going to pass up David Tell? No. Yeah, right? Not in the, what was it? Next week, next week. The late Louis, 90s. Louis C.K.? Next week, Louis C.K. It was 2004. 2004. Oh, wow. David Tell had, uh, still had uh, Insomniac fans fucking losing their minds. Louis C.K., Daniel Toss. Those were my first three Georgia's weeks. Georgia was three Georgia. days old. And of course, I said, you have to go. You got to do you all those. To. All we were also broke. We were, yep. We were 700 broke. bucks. And I paid for my own flights, but they put me in a condo. Put me in the condo, and the condo was nice. Miami's condo was fucking great. It was, they're all in Miami, South Florida. And I met Eric Myers, who recently passed. He was he worked with me, dude. Eric is. You should come back and sit down. Let's trade back. No, but no, I think, I think your fly may be open. Yep, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, but I I, I ain't want to hold you, Leanne. I'm sorry. I'm just, oh, you're not holding me. I'm, it's not turning, my show. I feel bad. I feel like turning I've, me in I've interviewing the Chrysler's. I know, right? I feel like I've completely. Oh, he okay. told me to come say hi, and I I did. I'm happy to say hi, but I don't want to, you know. Oh yeah, because just because I told I told him I was a big fan. What if we, have we done, we've done two hours yet? 2.45. Oh, nice. Well, we'll do 15 more minutes. We'll bang it out. Yeah, what's the normal? Yeah. Uh, three is a, a. Nice to meet you. Same here, Leanne. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, same here. Yeah. All right, have fun. Um, hey, thank you. The, uh, Eric Myers, was a, I worked with him that weekend. And. Dude, that, uh, that, that dude was, he was so funny. 
that Louis C.K. loved him. He, he was a type of motherfucker because there's, 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 it's a rare type of person like this. But he was so talented, he he could have fucked up fifteen times in Hollywood. And he would have got fifteen chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He might have fucked up fifteen times. He may have. Yeah, he was one he, of those people, man. He his stories, huh? and I'll never. I don't. I won't share them because you know. How did I hear of Taco Bell? <laughs> That, that's my favorite joke of his. He sure. worked, me, him, and Louis C.K. worked together at the West Palm Improv, and he murdered so hard as a host. Every time. Every time. And then we went through the drive-thru with Taco Bell together, me and him, ma'am, and he had already had that joke, and we were, I was crying. We lived together in a condo. He was not the best, uh, he didn't have the best business brain. No. I mean, just I'll go, I'll he came go in. And he was like, he was like, you know, they're giving away credit cards at the mall. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, give me a credit card. I bought a fucking camera. And I was like, you got to, you know, you got to pay for that. And he's like, no, they gave me a credit card. I was like, yeah, but what's the interest rate on that? And he's like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was the most savvy with anything, yeah. but he was funny than the motherfucker. God, he was. Yeah. I always want like a, there was a guy. There's a, a two brothers, the Duplass brothers. I don't you know, know them. Mm. Really, really, they're beyond talented human beings. Like they're just guys that were meant for this world. You pulling up the Duplass brothers? Yeah. Mark Duplass is probably Hold one on. of the most talented individuals. Click on the big face. Hold on, my glasses. Make one, make one Mark Duplass did so that comedy jam I did. Mark Duplass did it, and he he told a story. He did the best job that any of us did on that show. It was fucking amazing. Mark Duplass, he's a stand-up. I he was in the league, so he's funny, but he's not a. Stand-up. He's funny. He's a director. He's a writer. He's a he's very creative. He's across the board one of the more talented people I've ever fucking seen operate. He did a story on on goddamn comedy jam or the comedy jam, where he told the story of meeting a girl and telling her he played for Journey, he that he could play every instrument on the Journey song, and I guess she found out he couldn't, and so ultimately he learned how to play every instrument on the Journey song, and then he played the Journey song and he played every instrument on stage on the Journey song. And it was so fucking good. But you, but what I saw as a man who knows how to play the guitar was. This is a guy that can play every instrument in any band across the board. I was like, this is fucking impressive. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, he's a really talented guy. He said he wanted to do a documentary. He's like, what do you guys want to see a documentary on? And uh, there's a guy named Chicken. I don't know if you ever heard of Chicken. Mm-mm. Michael Roof. Nope. Uh, he's the guy, I, I'm saying this as honest as I can, with but as respectful as, as I can. He's, he is the guy that killed the development deal. So the development deal used to be like this $500,000, $700,000 deal you got from networks to make a sitcom. They were huge. I mean, Tim Allen, Brett Butler, Roseanne Barr, Drew Carey, Joe Rogan, everyone got development deals. And they were, and they were like, sometimes you get them for like, I mean, I got one for... I got one f- for six figures. I'm sure I've said the number, but I don't know what you should and shouldn't say. But, you know, you get them for six figures. Some people get a million-dollar development deal. Some people get five. Kevin James, $750,000 development deal. You get them, and then you wouldn't work with anyone for a year, and they develop a sitcom around you, and then they make a pilot. 
It was what they do is they were scouting talent at one point of the year. Then they grabbed that talent. They'd all pay them. The networks would pay them a ton of money. And then those those people would develop a sitcom for a year. Okay. And so Michael Roof, Chicken, myself, Gary Goldman, um, Frank Caliendo, we all got we all got development deals in nineteen ninety eight. I'm guessing it's nineteen ninety eight. But Michael Roofs was like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, million dollars. And he went by the stage name of Chicken. And he would go on stage and he was just just crazy. He just wild out on stage. Like fucking very improv-y, very fucking in the moment, hump a stool. Do it was really, really hard to follow, but not maybe the most the most structured material, but like really interesting. Um, he then uh they gave him and Frank Kelly a, sh- a show called uh Hype. Uh, it it got canceled after one season. He kept acting, kept doing stuff, and then and then everything kind of fizzled out. And then he killed himself across the street from an elementary school. And I, I'm fascinated by Wait, the journey. He no, no, no. He killed himself like years after the development deal. So, but how did that kill the development deal? Uh, he his development deal because his they paid him so much money. Everyone talked about him around town, but then his show wasn't wasn't that good and he ended up fizzling out and everyone's like he's not that talented this whole development process is a, is a ruse we're sitting here paying talent to talent money to talent the talent's going to be here if we don't pay them fuck them and so no one got development deals after that i i take that back i got a development deal the next year but like i get what you're saying but like it it killed the development deal he's the person i would love to see a documentary on him because Chicken, everyone my age in comedy knows who Chicken is. They Chicken was his stage name and he How old are you? Forty seven? No, um, forty nine. See it's so it's so crazy to to talk to, to talk to comics at your level too because because it's weird because I didn't start because you started comedy in your twenties, right? Twenty six. Yeah, and, and I guess so did I though. Wait, how old are you? I'm 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 thirty nine. I'm turning yeah. forty this year. But I started comedy when I was 26 or 27. Yeah. But it was like, but I but I feel like I'm not. It's like when I talk to some comic that's like just from the generation right before, it's like everything was so different. You know, uh, it was it, it was it, completely different. So like Tom never experienced the business I experienced. Like industry showcases were fuck. It was like Montreal. I never did Montreal when everyone did Montreal. Now Montreal's dead. I don't think they even do it anymore. No, well, take that no, back. Howie Mandel bought it, right? No they, no, they still do it. They still do it. But not the, like the Montreal. I never got to see the Montreal that everyone talks about where it was like, Magical. like the, the Montreal that Mitch Hedberg went to. You ever hear this story? Mm-mm. So Mitch Hedberg goes to Montreal. By the way, I could tell and listen to these types of stories my entire, all day long. It's all Me too, yeah. About. Mitch Hedberg goes to Montreal and he does one set one set and he destroys and he gets a $750,000 development deal offer that night like that night there's someone's like I'll, we'll give him three quarters of a million dollars right now to not talk to anybody to to leave he had shows set up all through Montreal his his manager put him on a plane that night and flew him home and said don't talk to anyone and and he went home and he got a development deal I mean my one of my development deals when I got I got a development deal with CBS, I went up at the Laugh Factory. I did seven minutes, 
and they, no joke, shuttled me off stage out the back alley into a car and took, told the car to take off. And people were climbing over each other trying to talk to me about projects they had. It was, it was a different business. It was a very, very drastically different business because they used to call it heat. If you had a little heat, then all of a sudden everyone wanted to work with you. It was, like, it was almost like fucking NTFs and, and, and cryptocurrency. NFTs. Whatever it is. Yeah. But now, is it, how is it different now? Um, I think there's more buyers. So you have, you have, so you're really talented. We all know that, but like a year ago, two years ago, still you, you, any, any, anyone who does their job right is you're, you're so talented. You will show up somewhere. You're going to be on a Hulu special, a, a HBO plus special, a Netflix special, uh, 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 Showtime's Plus special, a fucking Disney Plus special, an HBO Max special. You're going to end up somewhere. Comedy Central's got a streaming. Paramount's got a streaming. Like, there's so many buyers now. Back then, the buyers were CBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox. And so when you got heat, all of a sudden, I mean, they just... They're they competing just, with each they, other. Oh, I, I remember going my first meeting after that set that I told you about. It was the Laugh Factory. My first meeting, the woman, I wish I remembered her name. Um, she sat down, she sat down across from me uh, in her office. Her office was huge, big plush couches, uh, no shoes on, uh, just sat crisscross applesauce up front across from me. Kind of wish I remembered her name. And she said, uh, you're about to get offered a ton of money and the opportunity to do whatever you want. I want to be the first person to do that to you. And I want you to do what I want you to do. And I went, well, what do you want me to do? She goes, I'm going to show it to you. She put on a show called The X Show. And she said, I think you could be our host. I want you to be our host. And I was like, it was already a show that was on air. And I'd seen it. I knew it. And I was like, okay. She goes, now today, everyone's going to throw money at you. You're going to make a ton of money. You're going to make, you're, you're going to make a ton of money today. Enjoy your day. But remember, I was the first person to offer you money. And I was, it was such a fucking gangster move. Shaw. God, I miss I remember her I name. I like that. Type in the, uh, the, the, I wonder if you can find out what fucking FX executive. There's no way he's going to be able to find out. She was, you know, I've always had a thing for like powerful women. Like, like powerful women can kind of own me. That's why I'm in love with Leanne. Yeah, powerful women What's are What's your hot. name? Is it any of these three people? Eric Schreier, Nick Grand, Gina Belaine? No, it's none of them. Wait, keep go. That's, that's FX right now. Go to FX. See if you can find you out. Know, the, you know, you're better off looking up the, what I, year? What the year? IMDB of the show. Yeah. Marnie Hawk. I bet Marnie Hawkman would know who it is. Marnie Hawkman was my. But did it work? Is she, was she, did you remember? Uh, she did. I did. I did. And she did. She was, uh, I did, I ended up doing that show for a year. I ended up making good money. Um, I uh, I ended up loving that show. I had the greatest time of my life on that show. You're never going to find her in there. Because you know something else that comedians are impressed with? What? Expertise. Yeah. A comic loves a motherfucker that's good at something. Because we recognize what, work it, what the work it takes. I'm also, so, you know what, can I tell you also? I love passion. Yeah, right, right. Go to the, go to the, hang on, go scroll up, scroll up. Ronnie Weinstock was one of my favorite producers ever. 
No. Ari Sandel. Ari Sandel used to hang out at the comedy store. He was good friends with Steve Byrne and all of them. He ended up winning an Emmy or an Oscar or something. Uh, okay. None of those names. That's so fucking crazy. I know all those people. Um, I wish I remembered that woman's name. She was the coolest woman. And then I got the show and I bought her a Burke Williams gift certificate. Mm. And she called me and she said, hey, I, I can't accept this. What's Burke Williams? It's like a spa. Oh. I said, well, no, I just appreciate the work. And she went, no, no, no. I didn't. I definitely didn't give you a job to get a Burke Williams gift certificate. I said, well, I don't know how this business works. I'm Bitch, by you my- don't take the certificate? Yeah, I was like, I was like I'm, I'm a kid. I'm 26 years old. And I just got my first TV show. And I'm super appreciative. And I just thought I, it's 200 bucks. Enjoy the massage. And she took the massage. Yeah, man, that, that's my thing. Someone, an OG hit me, hit me to that. He was like, if you ever land a deal, just send a little money to all the assistants involved. <laughs> little, little Grease the palms of the people that matter, that take your phone calls every yeah. now and then doesn't hurt. The, the, the unsung people. Like, you know, because they're, they're attached to every email. They're the ones doing all the grunt work. Yeah. You know, just send them a little something. Because those are the executives of the future. Those are the people that you're going to be working for later, theoretically. You know, it's, and it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, it's got to be fun part. It's got to be a fun time in your career right now. Yeah, so far I'm, I'm having I'm having a it's blast. Fun, it's fun to go from pandemic, no phone calls, no zooms, where where people, you know, people, everything's kind of up in the air to like, hey man, we saw what you do, and we want to do something. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, man, to be to be to be perfectly honest with you, I, I'm kind of glad that my in a, the the silver lining because there's a negative to the fact that my career is ha- that I'm blowing up in the midst of the pandemic because there's yeah. a lot of things that are uncertain. Like I can't I can't count on certain money being available just because of the pandemic. Like I don't know who's gonna, who's not going to buy tickets. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but, no. We're we're all in that. We're all in that together. Uh, yeah, but. The fact that I don't have to fucking leave my house to do all these meetings, I love it. I used to hate that. I used to hate going down to like the whatever networks building, I loved it. and then they get the big dog you and leave you sitting in the lobby for an hour. Oh, I loved it. I loved it I so much. I fucking hate it. I loved. I there's nothing I love more than a general <laughs> meeting in person. <laughs> really? I uh, love I'm it. Like, but my first one I ever took was with Will Smith, and Will Smith taught me how to take a general meeting. It was like fuck it. This should be fun, or why are we in this business? And I hmm. have, I have, I've had bad ones. I've had auditions. I'm not good at auditions. I'm not good at auditions. I will audition, but I suck. Yeah, me too. I Maybe. suck at auditioning. That's my, my, my I just, you know what it is? Is I, I do, I do not, and will not ever have the ability to fake enthusiasm. I, I can be professional and cordial, but I can't fake be excited. For this thing, if it though that's not true, I can be excited for something that I feel nothing for. I can fake that, yeah. But something that I really hate, I can't fake being. I can't fake loving it. I can't fake love you. Yeah, you, so, you're gonna see it in my eyes if you pitch me a project that I don't like. You're gonna see me go. Or just oh. even if the person, even if the person I'm having a general with, if they if they say something that makes me go, oh, you're a piece of shit. In my mind, from that point moment forward, I I'm like, I just want this to be over. You know, yeah, yeah, and I and the only reason I'm not like fuck you is because I don't know how this meeting came to be or who pulled the favor, and I don't want to fuck them over. 
but I'm definitely not going to be giving you any any of my love or positive energy because I fucking I don't like you. you Sweet, know? what's what's it been like? What's it been like being on the road in West Nyack? Are people showing up from the special? Yeah, definitely. You know what's what's so funny is the biggest difference was obviously the ticket sales is a big difference. Yeah. Um, but the biggest difference that I noticed the most has been from the pop from the crowd when they introduced me. Because, you know, I've been, I've headlined, you know, this is my first time headlining anything. I've headlined stuff for years. And there's a, there is a distinct audio difference between someone going, ladies and gentlemen, Burt Kreischer, and, and, but only, and them cheering because it's like what you do. And them yeah. cheering because, oh my God, that's fucking Burt. That yeah. you can hear it. It sounds the same to the average person. But if you're a comic and you've been coming up to applause for years and years, you hear the difference of like, oh, my fucking God. You hear mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And that's the difference to me. It's like hearing people like are actually just excited because it's me. And it's you know? people that are on board with your point of view. Right. right. Where you're not, where you're not, like sometimes, because you have a distinct point of view, you're very honest, you're very, like your your point of view is very distinct. People can confuse that and be like, and be like, uh, like not, if they don't know you, like, and they're a new audience member, going like, "What? What is he? What is he trying? Is he saying that that you know this or that?" Right. That was my problem. Is like I'd I'd say something aggressive, and people would be immediately like, "Oh, so does he not like his wife? Does he not like?" <laughs> yeah, I get that. Like I said something the other day about that. I I wish I wasn't. I wish I hadn't riffed on it. But I said, "I don't." People say they don't see color. I don't see Mexican. Like I don't. Because like I don't see like I don't I see color obviously I, every, everyone sees color I think but I definitely have said fucked up shit to Jesus about Mexicans forgetting he's Mexican. Oh, you've been like oh, I don't hear I don't hear I don't hear accents. To no, me, what, yeah, no. you say I don't see color. That's what that sounds like to me. I don't hear accents. No, Jesus and I were at a restaurant one time, Just, and the, the lady goes, uh, "Would you guys like some tortillas?" <sighs> and, and then they walk away, and I go, "I hate when they fucking do that." And he goes, they they do what? And I go, with the fucking spin of the accent. And I realize, oh, I forgot Mexican. I forgot Jesus was Mexican. And he goes, you mean say it properly? <laughs> and I go, I go, is that what that is? And he's like, yeah, you you wanted to butcher the fucking words so that you feel more comfortable. And I went, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew he wasn't gonna let that just slide. Yeah, he goes, he goes, and then she comes back and he goes, and hey, ma'am, I I think he might want a cerveza mm. and so and then and then the fun part is trying to write a joke around it and i was like yeah but we can't do that in our like our language like white people can't be like my name's bird Kreischer, I'm <laughs> yeah that's good yeah that's yeah. a good story how do we get fucking wasted in the middle of the afternoon like this um because well because you're an alcoholic and i'm a people pleaser there we go yeah there we go how are we getting you home today did you got, Uber here? No, I got a car. A car. That's probably a bad idea. Why don't we Uber you home? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I have a car service. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta love to roll the dice. Of, no, I, can, I think I can oh, make no, this. Oh, no, I definitely would not drive in LA. I bro. think I can make this. <laughs> so what shows do you have coming up? Are you going to come out with us on the road somewhere? I might, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm everything is. Fuck. Find a weekend when you're off. You come I'm, out and fuck around. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what it is? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Rachel to do it. You know, to figure it out because I forgot that we had the same uh, management, so she can figure out what's best, what's the best time is. Um, but um, I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. You know, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can drink with you for about a weekend. Yeah, one weekend. 
Yeah, I could. Steve I can't brings do... weed. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, but yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll probably, probably more black to spring. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever, yeah. whatever weekend you have off, we're doing some. Uh, we're doing some bigger things too that I think you might be interested in. Oh, where? Okay. Yeah, and uh, we got. I got two big weeks that are like kind of really, really big weeks that we're gonna try to cram in and. I'm gonna try to stack it the bus and make it a fun fucking hang. Okay. And and maybe an intermission so that everyone everyone can really have a good time. Dude, you know what I'm gonna do? What? I'm gonna bring steaks. Snakes? Uh, steaks. I make steaks. I make that's my expertise. I'm gonna make steaks for everybody. I'm gonna bring weed. He'll bring the weed. You bring the booze. I'll bring the choice cut. I thought you said snakes, and it was so much better when you said oh, snakes. Oh, because you thought you were going to eat snakes. something you haven't eaten And I was, like, I was like, no, I was like, because I like, I like reptiles. I'm really into reptiles. Wow, my whole life really I've been into reptiles. Bert? Yeah, I can't, my, Leanne won't let me fuck with them. Thank like, God, Ever since yeah. I was a kid, I was into reptiles. Frogs, snakes. Uh, I, I mean, I've had just about everything. I had a you know savannah monitor. You know they don't love. Oh, they, yeah, they do. You think so? I think so, yeah. Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. And so... Uh, and so I thought you said snakes, and I was like, I fucking love snakes. I love snakes. When, when you say sometimes they don't, and sometimes they do, how do you know when they do? Some, some reptiles, like if you see them on the on the side of the road, the one, the iguanas and um, what you call it, they're fucking nasty. I had an iguana for four, five, four or five years. Wilbury, who was the greatest iguana, and you could sit with him, and he'd climb up on your shoulder, and he'd hang out with you, and he'd. Lick you. He was a loving guy. I love that iguana. Yeah, but the, I think they. I think because you're warm, right? It's that, definitely why. It's definitely. It's definitely. It definitely is. By the way, it, I swear to God, Leanne divorces me. I get fucking iguanas. <laughs> I would love to get an iguana now, except I'm the only one that would. T- Leanne, I'm never here. Will she let you have like a like a separate little enclosure where there's an iguana? I would. Have, I would I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I would like to have an iguana. I, I was try, Isla. I said to, something stupid to Isla. I said we drove past a. Uh, pet store and i said to isla um i wish we could get some out outdoor birds she was like you can get outdoor birds i go yeah you just let them know you love them right and then let them go and then they know to come back to you and she was like what i think you just made that up and i was like i might have yeah i don't know i would love to do that with outdoor animals i'd love to create a welcoming environment in my backyard where animals want to come and then parrots we have an owl that lives in our front yard like a legit owl parrots and everything comes to your yard and then you just sit and you parrots in your fucking trees and but this isn't your owl this is an owl that decided to live i believe it so i put up owl houses so owls are my spirit animal like i love owls oh. and so i put up owl houses and so they've fucking one of the first nights i'm in this house i'm out i'm drunk i'm in the backyard i'm kind of walking around the house trying to like fall in love with it because i hadn't it's a nice house but i i don't didn't have a place to sit yet so i don't like was never comfortable I'm in the front yard, I'm a glass of wine, I'm having a cigar, and I hear like a like that sounds like a pigeon. Like a Oh yeah. Yeah. And I go, uh, I go, fuck, we got an owl. I go grab Leanne. I go, we have an owl. She comes out, nothing. So I take, I run up to the girls' rooms, I open their windows, I go, check this out. And the fucking owl lives on our front trees. And so I put up two owl houses to make sure he has a place to live. So once you give them an owl house, they're they're not going anywhere. Is there a specific thing for owls? Yeah, I'll show it to you on your way out. Okay. Yeah. They're really cool if you want owls to live around you, and they're good with well, they're not great with cats, so we can't let our cat out. But all right, all right. Well, they are they are good at they're mur- they'll murder 
Rats. Rats, mice. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. They're better at that than cats. My, when I was a kid, my dad got bats to live in the backyard because they're good with mosquitoes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, bats are great with mosquitoes. But but bats, I've been bit by a bat once. If you ask my daughters, they'll tell you this is a lie. Type in Bert bat bite. I got bit by a bat. There's my bat bite. Holy shit. Yeah. We've never been able to find this before. Yep. Bat bite in Costa Rica. But, but this isn't a picture of it. Yes, my leg. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. I see what's happening. Wow, Bert. How yeah. in the fuck did this happen? Um, so bats, especially sick ones, is what made me so worrisome about this. Bats, sick ones, live in, will end up on the ground. They'll end up in bushes. Uh, they'll end up just, they can't fly. They're sick. They end up in the bush. And that's pretty much where they die. And I rolled up against a bush after a whitewater rafting trip. And I felt something bite me. I felt something bite me. And I was like, oh, it's so fucking crazy. And so, uh, and so sure enough, I get. Whose Instagram was that? Mine. Okay. Yeah. So the bats have three teeth. They have two up top and one in the bottom. And so that bat bite is a three-pronged bat bite. You see the teeth? Jesus Christ. That's terrifying. They look like little pigs. And so I had panic attacks forever about that. And... It, what, what what disease did you did you get checked? nothing so i go back to we're about to go to africa right after that and she says the nurse says to me do you want um do you want a rabies shot and i said oh no no i've already been bit, bit by a bat she goes what i said i've been bit by a bat i'm fine i didn't get rabies then i'm not gonna get it now and she goes hold on a second you're bit by a bat yeah that's pretty dubious logic there and she, yeah she goes hold on if you've been bit by a bat and you don't get the rabies shot within three to five days you get rabies, you die. You, there's no fixing it. And I went, oh, cool. I'll be how, many, how many days in is this? I was like, fucking two months. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I was like, all right. I guess I'll just fucking wait this out. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's going to be a painful death, too. No bullshit. Rabies yeah. ain't no joke, man. Rabies, death from rabies is painful. Bro, that's like, yeah, that's that's in the top 10 most painful ways to die. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, I think you you dehydrate. You can't get water in you. And your shit seizes up? Yeah, your back Bro, it's almost up. it's almost like dying from tetanus. You ever see that? Yeah, first since a few days to more than a year after the bite happens. The first symptoms of rabies can appear from At a first few days a, to more first than first there's a, a tingling, a prickling. a prickling or itching feeling around the bite area. A person also might have flu-like symptoms such as fever, headache, muscle aches, loss of appetite, nausea, tiredness. Well, that's just being old. Damn. Yeah, and, and you know, by the way, when you drink a lot, those symptoms show up every fucking day. Right. So you're like, great, my rabies is kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that didn't scare the shit out of you? It did. It did. It was, it was, it was a touch and go time. How'd you tell and Leanne? I, 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 I... Leanne, number one, said you did not get bit by a bat. <laughs> There's things in our family that if you bring up, they go, this never happens. It's, it just turns like, into a thing. If, I, if, if Leanne was here right now and I said this, she goes, first of all, he did not get bit by a bat. He did not get bit by a bat. If you bring up the Florida State regatta, I won the Florida State regatta, the sailing. What was regatta? It's a, it's a sailing competition. I won it when I was in college and they're like, dad, you did not win a sailing competition. You cannot sail. But 
there are certain things in my family that if you say they just deny my daughters and my wife deny they ever fucking happen well you but you do you have a lot of things like that though <laughs> where, my, where, my entire life I, I remember i forget what it was about but i remember seeing you do some archery shit yeah well they, and, like, and yeah everybody around you was doubting you when you were just like bang so so growing growing up in florida i said this to rogan one time growing up in florida we fucked around with bows and arrows all summer, every summer. That's all you did is that there was a bow and arrow in every backyard. You always played bow and arrows. Anytime you went to camp, it was bow and arrows. Compound bows. I play, I, I pulled back my first compound bow when I was fucking eighth grade, right? So like, so like I don't I know bow and arrows fairly well. We were on the set of Go Big Show. Type in Go Big Show, go bow and arrow. And I said, Hey, can I try that? And Snoop was there and he was like, No, you're gonna shoot yourself. I was like, uh, I think I can pretty much hit a bullseye. And they were like, bullshit. <laughs> I remember this. And I and this blew my mind. Fucking hit a bullseye. Because I and by the way, just a little beside, I still have bow and arrows. They're in my fucking garage. We have targets set up in our back. I love fucking around with it. Of course. I love shooting, bow. man. Shooting, shooting. I love shooting with a bow. Yeah, it's the, I've never I haven't done I a bow. I can't believe you can't time. find me shooting a bow and arrow on on. Dude, it's definitely up there. Click on videos. Was it so, with this guy, the one-armed guy? No, that's Gabe. By no, the way, it's a different bow and arrow person. It's the redneck archer. No, yeah, just click videos. Videos of Bert. Yeah, that's gotta be it. Don't don't. I think you're searching the wrong thing. I can't see what you search. Yeah, Go big show bow and arrow Bert. Yeah. No, it's a lot of like the contestants who do bow and arrow yeah. stuff. Type in. No, just put Bert Crasher bow and arrow. Yeah, I think you're overthinking the search. Yeah, it don't have to be the show. Just put Bird Crash or Bow and Arrow. That's it. That was really good. Yeah, that's me. Hit, hit play. Three facts. That's hey, can I wait, 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 wait. No one move. This. Can I shoot his arrow? No. I could don't I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> can I shoot his arrow? No. I no. No, no, no. Everyone stop. Been three I have an idea. <laughs> oh my! Can I try it? Yeah. Thank you. But I love how, because I wonder Dang, how much of your life is you convincing yeah, people <laughs> that you're actually <laughs> not just like a drunken <laughs> fool, but yeah, like, no, a lot. I'm real. I know, guys. Here. Seriously, I have a real idea. Is it locked up? See, I think I could do this for a trick. Back up, James, because he may shoot Be the careful. motherfucker back. <laughs> guys, I yeah, have I a bow and arrow at home, and we're locked. Locked and loaded. Go, Bert. Right in the balloon. Wow! <sighs> God. <laughs> like, Bert, yo. The fact that your reaction was so subdued, because I'd have been Damn, talking Bert. shit to all of them. Yeah. Hey, guys, guys, guys! Oh, there you go. I'm the fucking machine. He goes big. <laughs> I swear to God, are you fucking kidding me? That's a fucking goddamn bullseye. That's a bullseye, dog. No, I can't. Yo. Do it. <laughs> That's a good producer right there. How mad would you have been if he actually had been rolling? Straight up bullseye. Yeah. I wish I had that hair still. That's the comedy god smiling on you right there. Yeah. But they didn't air that, though, right? No, they didn't air it. It's not about me doing the, th it's more about the contestants. You want the contestants to shine. We have some great contestants this year. What tour? Hey, pull up, uh, pull up, pull, pull up, uh, Brian's uh, 
a tour date, so I want to see what where he's going. So, oh, yeah, so actually, I'll, I'll love him. Here, we'll pull him up right here. Yeah, Irvine's just, a big one. If you go to my link tree, I'm going to Irvine and... Uh, Brian Simpson. No, but there's things on my calendar that aren't on my... Oh, for pu- real? My public shit. Um... Oh, offer. Okay. Um, Ooh, you gotta love those. Yeah, I love. I love when I see those emails. Mm, I don't get offers anymore. Um. So, but I have different stuff on my calendar. So I'm going to be Irvine, Ontario Improv. I'm gonna be at Madison, Wisconsin, Bakersfield, Comedy on State. Yeah, Comedy on State. Yeah. Ooh, I love that place. Oh. Um, Appleton, Wisconsin. Ooh, Skyline, Comedy on State. No, Appleton somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Philly Punchline, Dallas, Fort Worth, Punchline, San Fran, um, Cincinnati, Ohio, Virginia Beach, Manchester, yeah. Richmond, Virginia. So I got a lot of things. If you just click on my, my, uh, my, my link tree. Oh, yeah, that's up there. Okay. Yeah. RyanSimpsonComedy.com. Yep, brownsimpsoncomedy.com or my link trio, any of my socials. And if it and even if you don't see the cities, some of the cities I just said up there, it's only because we're waiting for the venue to put up the link so that you don't just go there. And so when you click on something, it goes somewhere. So yeah. you can buy a ticket. So it, but I'm gonna be in a lot of places. You don't have to message me asking me, when are you coming into this place? I'm coming everywhere. The way it works. And and and, and are you on how how are you, what's your Instagram? Pull up Brian's Instagram. My Instagram is BS Comedian. So is my Twitter, BS Comedian. Did you get a lot of followers after uh two oh, bears? For sure. After two bears? After so usually when whenever I do two bears or your mom's house or Rogan or anything, I get anywhere from a thousand to two thousand people following. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fifty two thousand followers. So you do you mess around with stories much? Um, I try. I mean, I try to keep you up. You put your tour dates and stuff in there. I, yeah, I try to post something at the least, at least every other day. But I also don't want social media to become something that I have to think about all the time. It's it's a it's yeah. a balance between the way I like to be lazy and the way I like to be successful. So I try to I try to not post every single minute of the day. But every other talking day. to the wrong guy, I post all the time. Yeah, but you're but you enjoy it. I I do enjoy it. That's I do the thing. It's like it. if I it, it, I don't. I'm trying not to. I feel like I'm at the point in my life now where I'm. My mom says this shit to me all the time. She goes, "I'm too old to be acting like I'm okay with shit that I'm not." Yeah, and so I'm too old to be acting like I'm having fun when I'm not. So as long as I'm really having fun, I do it. So that's why. Well, you're yeah. I'm posting here on Instagram. Oh, right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we having fun. We hear the birdcast. We've been drinking the, all day. Been drinking all day. I've been talking to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leanne came on the podcast. Yeah, come to my tour dates. I'm in, I'm in Ontario and Irvine just next month, next week. All right. The, I got a link for that right here. Everyone right there. Everyone. Oh, Somewhere up in there. All right. And, and then follow him also. Thank you. Um, Let me post this before I forget. No, you've, been, you've been very generous with this, Bert. I appreciate it. No, man. you're the best, man. What should I put it? At, at www.brian. No, no, just put BS Comedian. No, 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 for oh. your website. I'm oh, going to do yeah. a link. Oh, BrianSimpsonComedy.com. Yeah. Brian. I used to spell Brian wrong. Because what a lot of people don't know, so I've been Googling my name since I was two years into comedy. Really? Right. I'm 11 years in today, or next week. Really? And 
ever since, whenever you Google Brian Simpson, Google it right now, if you will, please. Yeah, it's a what musician. will come up is this fucking jazz pianist. Oh, that's what just came up. I forgot to put in comedy. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I can't defeat this motherfucker. I can't defeat this motherfucker. No matter what I accomplish, because as far as I know, he hasn't accomplished a goddamn thing in the in the eleven years I've been doing comedy. But for some reason, his achievements from like nineteen ninety five they outrank everything I've done in comedy. So whenever I Google Brian Simpson, he's the first person I have to put. Com- if I don't put comedy, he pops up. He doesn't have to put jazz <laughs> for him to pop up, but I got to put comedy for me to pop up. That's fucking. There's a go to www.bert.com. Bert? Yeah, it's a dog. Oh, oh, now, oh, oh there's someone bought it. Available. You should have sent them some money. It's so available. They it might be available. Reach out. See how much it costs. Oh yeah, Bert. Yeah, yeah. but I've already did, you've been using bertbertbert.com. You gotta grab it. Your your website is Bert Bert Bert. Yeah. No, but you gotta grab something. My whole life, I've spelled Brian as brain. Yeah, it happens to me about. Maybe maybe twenty five percent of the time people say brain. <laughs> Brian Callahan was one of my best friends growing up, still is, and uh, and I used to call I used to spell his name Brain all the time. Bless him all. Yes, it did. Uh, it's one of those names that just gets it gets misspelled that same way every all the time. All right, I think I got you. I can't even imagine, dude. What is your like f- for your job to be watching people talk? All that I, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I get to like, actually, be yeah. in a room with two of the funniest people in the world, listen to them talk. Yeah. What's yeah, but, better? What's better than that? But doesn't that influence how you react in all your other life? Like, are you are you strictly voyeur porn? Sometimes person? people uh, are more boring to me. Yes, because I do get. Oh to do well, this. welcome to being a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. That because th- that's something we don't ever talk about. Okay. Is it, com- com- comedians are intellectually spoiled. The 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 regularity with which you have conversations with some of the smartest, most conversational people in the world about all manner of issues, not even something important, even yeah. something stupid, you don't realize until you're not around it. You know, like you ever go visit your family or something, and they talking about stuff that regular people talk about, and yeah. you and you're just sitting there like somebody kill me, please. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's like, or the honesty level's gone. When you sit with someone and they're like, I've actually never watched porn. And you're like, like you're not a fucking comic. <laughs> right. We're like, all right, I'm done with this. Oh, I was like, oh, I guess we're going to play that game now. It's like, we're past the point. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it is, it's almost like when I was in the military, it's like when you would get stuck with people on, t- on, 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 um, on bait, on, uh, on watch. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you've done the same, you've been, you've done a watch with this person, you know, maybe you're on your 10th watch. And it's and it's an all night thing. It's eight nine hours, and it's you and them. It's like the first watch, you know, all the pleasantries out the way. The second watch, you're telling your life story. Maybe by the fourth watch, you've told all your whole life story. Now by the fifth watch, you're telling jokes. By the sixth watch, seventh watch, you've told all the regular jokes. Now the eighth watch, you're moving in the you're moving in the dark, deep, dark territory, all the yeah. fucked up shit, you know. By the 10th watch, you are well-versed in every racist joke, every dead baby joke, every <laughs> joke about homicide, genocide, petricide. And, and it's just, that's what happens. It's like comics are, we are so inundated with all these, these perspectives that, by the, you know, by the time you've been in the game for long enough, you've talked about everything normal. 
Yeah. And then you don't want you don't want to talk normal. Oh, I, I remember one time talking to a group of parents at a dinner party, and I brought up quicksand porn. Quick? Whoa, 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 what? Quicksand oh, porn. Yeah. Quicksand yeah, porn. Yeah, it's like a it's a genre of porn, and and Leanne was like, "Hey, fucking slow down. Like, not everyone is got your friend group sensibility." And this I was like, true. "What do you mean?" She was like, "She was like, it's, it's. Don't even type it in. Don't even type it in because we got we're gonna get age mature thing on this. Oh right, and we're gonna get like another hour. We show it on YouTube. Well, how do we get that age thing on the last one? What do you mean? Oh, oh, that was it? that was oh, that was the male strippers on yeah. the Kelsey Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like I I, I brought it, brought it up. And Leanne's like, don't even fucking like your your friends and you." have a different set of interests than everyone else. True. And I was like, oh, I go, but you don't think they're fascinated? Like, no. what they're going, what is quicksand porn? She goes, no, I think you're freaking them out. Because, com- you know, there's the difference between comic conversation and a regular, and not comics? Like that, look at that. Is that comics are like. All right, okay, cut this audio. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's weird. We're, like, we're like heroin addicts looking for a vein. Yeah. It's like the average person, like if you had to take insulin or something, you just put it in your arm. But after you, but after you've been on heroin for a decade, like you're putting it in your knuckles, in your dick, in your neck, in your yeah. eyeball. And now you're watching a girl walk through the woods. So is quicksand porn girls sinking, and yeah. they got to grab a dick to, for safety? Uh, no, they just they just start sinking. I can show this part. Uh, probably not. Um, cause okay, so I don't, but I don't get. Do they, do they make the quicksand or they make the quicksand? And then wow. she's like, I, I can get it. I can get across here. Well, she bullshitting. Walk, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Get her to the part where she gets in the fucking. Yeah. But like, here's the best part is right when their tits hit the fucking. And do, <laughs> and do they get pulled down? I, they they disappear, which is the oddest part of this is like no one saves them. But like there's <laughs> something like she goes all the way under. No one saves them. Like, yeah, oh it, gets really it gets really weird. dark. Yeah. Damn, it gets man. really dark. And she's still You're like, I don't know what guy's still jerking off. She's like if you're still, still jerking <laughs> off, you gotta switch the video. Yeah, you dead you dead inside, bro. Because yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is not even hot. And she did her makeup too. That's fucked up. Why do she that? She did her makeup. By the way, I did uh we did something. Is she going nose under? Uh I don't know. Oh. Oh, bitch. Wow, you really needed the money. Holy shit. By the way, I hope she holds her breath now. Oh, so wait, 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 this is, this is just watching a bitch die. Yeah. This is, how is this? How this, is this isn't the part I enjoy. How is this? <laughs> how is this even porn? This ain't porn. This is, this is a snuff. She this is snuff. Under. Oh my God. She's under the water. Yeah. That is, that didn't even make me horny a little bit. Uh, You got to watch it. They have good ones. <laughs> okay, so ex- quicksand fetish vice video, vice video, go to vice video. Yep, Bert, go to I, vice video. Bert, I swear to God, this is coming from somebody, but I feel like I've watched. I might it. as well have one more uh, Kool Aid beer. Is are you cool to stay for like like fifteen more minutes while we watch this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Halston, can you grab me one more Kool Aid beer? Especially with the with the with the Folgers commercial on the porn site. That's great. No, I um. I don't know who. I think these are kombucha beers. How one is better than the other? Okay, this one's better. Let's just watch this. Oh, this is them making one. There's one 
with a girl in a red top that's pretty good. But I don't get. So it's it's generational hip pause. It's generational. So the reason. So they're Sam, not they're not fucking in these. No. So here's here's why. So when you uh, when you were a child, and maybe maybe not, but when you were in high school, definitely. Okay. If you wanted to see porn, you could find it on a, on a laptop or on a on a phone. I'm guessing. No. I mean, how, when I was in because I was in high school and I graduated my graduating class was, my graduate class was 2000. Okay, so. Here, hit pause, hit pause. So when I was in high school, you could, you could only do it through magazines or videos. Okay. So when I so it's gen, the reason it's generational is that um, when I was a child, the only way you ever got porn was in uh, like some hit pause. I can't. I'm gonna be distracted and end up watching it. Um, the only way you could, I, I think it's called imprinting of what of what your sexual fetishes are. One of the first imprints we got. Was quicksand? Quicksand was in. Uh, uh, it was in Wonder Woman. There was a very famous movie. Type in quicksand uh, movies. So there was a movie called uh, Queen of the Nile or something, and it, they used quicksand. They used quicksand as a plot point. I mean, someone was running. Someone got caught in quicksand, and all of a sudden, it was like really big, and all the movies started putting quicksand in all their movies. All the TV shows then. But, you know, five years later, start putting quicksand in all their TV shows. And those are the TV shows we saw was, you know, Wonder Woman, Abbott and Costello. Anytime a hot chick, you, you get, they put a hot chick in quicksand. And that kind of imprints you on what your sexual interests are. So all the shit you see in BDSM culture is all shit that imprinted on us from the 50s and 60s and 70s of, like, girls getting tied up. Girls getting bound and gagged. I see. Girls yeah. getting caught in quicksand. Girls getting in a room of balloons or whatever the fuck that the thing is. Um, what does it say? The never ending story, blazing saddles, get smart, the Lucy Dude, show. This is, I Gil kinda, Gilligan's Island. I can't believe this, Bert. This is something that I've literally never heard of yeah. or talked about. And I, I've and I've done like fifty podcasts in the last two months. Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting. So so the first time I hear about quicksand porn. Um, I, wa I want to say maybe it was on NPR or something. I forget. I forget. I heard about sinkers. Um, there, there. It's a group of people that are into quicksand porn, and they let you know where sinkholes are. Quicksand is where they. So they go out to quicksand. They find quicksand. They then shoot videos of themselves getting trapped in quicksand. With sinkers. Yeah, the sinkers is what they're ter termed. Now this <sighs> is a good one. I think she get naked. And by the way, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm outing all my sexual fetishes, but, but like. But what happens, the good ones are when they start taking their clothes off. Because then that was what you always wanted to see as a kid when you watch these. Well, this girl's kind of hot, though. Actually. And this looks like a real quicksand. All right, get through here. Oh, she looks like she wants speed the it earth. Up, speed she it wants up, the speed earth to me, fuck her. There we go. There we go. So good quicksand porn is when they're like, shit, my clothes are really holding me down. How do I get out of here? Let me take off all my clothes. <laughs> and that's the sexy part is because as a kid, right? The things we would see that turned us on were tits hitting quicksand, and all of a sudden tits moved up a titch. And you were like, as a kid, you'd be like, whoa, I just saw sex. But it wasn't sex. It's just these cities out right here. These cities yeah. hit the dirt, and not sure she's trying to clean off her bathing suit. Yeah, she's she's not being logical at all. She's hysterical. She's trying to clean her bra off with the dirt. 
there's a lot of fetish photographers that do quicksand porn. They also do superhero tie-up porn. Like, it's all shit that, like, this is the sexiest part. Easy. Not a See, doubt. I would have remixed it. I would have had a I would have had a ma- a monster hand come up and grab her from the dirt, and then she would be pretending like she was being fucked from under the mud. That's interesting. You said that's that. how you take it to the next. Have you ever level. seen tentacle porn? Oh yeah, I've seen plenty of. Yeah. That. So yeah. like that's something. I mean, this is. But this is. I've never heard of this, and I and I. It's feel kind like, of erotic, right? I feel like I've watched everything on Pornhub. I've watched everything, and I've never seen this. Oh, my wife and I have a uh, my wife and I have a quicksand hole in our backyard. For this purpose? I would, no, I'm joking. I would <laughs> love. I would that would love, be hilarious. By the way, my wife's the one bitch that would get out of it at her ankles and be like, no, no, no. I've been trapped in this before. I can get out of here. You'll see. Someone get me a cow, a stick, and a rope. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. I don't understand them going under. That's not my. Because some people want that. See, th- this kind of shit, this is the reason that I learned that you that you should never tell people when they were in your dreams uh never it, it because it it's always it always comes across as sexual yeah and then it never comes across the way that you feel like it does and and i remember this because a girl that i was i was good friends with we worked together and she was in a dream of mine and i told her like hey y'all you were in my dream a couple of nights ago she's like what was it about and i was like uh you don't really want to know she's like no tell me and i'm like all right and I told her, like, I had a dream that we were having sex, but it wasn't a sex dream. But you were drowning in a bucket. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was choking you. Yeah, I was and no, you no, down. she no, I was holding her head in uh, underwater. And she's drowning in a bucket and she's struggling and struggling and struggling. And when she stopped struggling, I came. But she was dead. And and I told her, and, and, and as I'm saying it, I'm like, why are you saying this? You shouldn't be saying this to a coworker. But she did. She asked. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, yeah. And that's just the most awkward. But every every time I've tried to tell someone they were in my dream, it's always come off as fucked up. Uh, yeah. You you cannot. There was a girl that uh, I knew in college, and she goes, uh, "Your your roommate Eddie was in my dream last night." And my my buddy Obi, who was with me, goes, "We need to bring her home because Eddie lived with us." She's a, he's like, "We need to bring her home because uh, that means Eddie can fuck her." I was That's like, "What, not what that like, means?" He goes, "If you if you're dream about someone, it means you you could fuck him." And I was like, "Really?" So we brought her home. She fucked Eddie. They ended up dating for two years. Really? Yeah. So if you have somebody's dream, that means they'll fuck you. I think so. Google that. I, I'm pretty sure. If you, I I know that if. I know that if someone tells you you smell great, even though you you feel like you smell like shit, you can fuck them, for real. Yeah, it means your your pheromones is compatible. Like say you say you get so say you get finished like a gross workout and you feel completely fucking disgusting. Yeah, and someone goes, "Wow, you smell great." That person will fuck you. Leanne Leanne tells me that there's I have a burnt smell. It's like right in the center of my chest. It smells like burnt. Yeah, is it good? She goes, "Well, it's just you. It's you. Yep, that means they'll fuck you. Congrats." I dated a chick. I, t- I think I've told a lot of people this about this that smelled like baloney. Oh, that would drive me insane. I like baloney. <laughs> oh, okay. So I actually didn't mind it. You what? met a chick that smelled. What, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza you, or wings. If you met a chick that smelled like pizza, how would you feel about that? I take that back. Bacon. And Leanne smells like bacon. Oh. If you go in our house, it always smells like bacon. When, when I remember when I first walked over to my buddy Trent Arnold's house 
it smelled like balloons. I don't like the smell of balloons, but I was like, I was like, oh, interesting. And then it's like, mom smelled like balloons. The car uh, smelled like balloons. And I was like, oh, it smells like balloons in here. Corky Gaines, the kid I grew up with, he smelled like baloney. I, I liked Corky Gaines. I like Trent Arnold too. But you go to people's house, especially when you go to like anyone ethnic's house, right? Right. It, oh, they always had a distinct smell of their house. And you were like, oh, anyone you're not God, used to. Yeah, goddamn. Like, I remember uh, Cuban houses going like, did she just get done cooking? Right. Like, always. Did she just get done cooking? Or you're like, is there a goat? All right, we should probably wrap this up while we still have our eyes open. Yeah. This has been a fucking blast, this is true. man. I'm sorry. We, we just ran over the shit. No, no. This has been a fucking, dude. Yep. I, look, ever since I heard you when I was in Serbia, you and Tom, I was crying laughing. I was like, dude, I got to fucking hang out with this guy. Yeah. So I appreciate you doing this. Congratulations on the special. Like I said, open invite to Janelle James, uh, Mark Norman, uh, Dusty Slay, Naomi Epicarian, and uh, Melissa Villasenor. Open invite to be on the podcast. Promote the special. More, more eyes, more better. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.